Hey, welcome to New Jump City, everybody, where we recap the week in American and Japanese sequential art. I am your host, Christian, the unbiased king. Espinal. And joining me in person again for the second time, it is the man, the myth, the legend. It is Joshua, Gangster Time Cole. It's called partner, but it should be called Gangster Time. What's good, everybody? Listening. What up, Chris? Hello, bud. What's good, Mr. Producer? Oh, Brian. yeah. Joining us in person Yo. as well, it is the edgelord, Big News Brian. I got the right one. You did it! <laughs> yeah! Let's go, baby! Yeah! I wish we had an applause drop. Oh, wait, I, do we? we? I wish we did. All right, well, we're going to have to settle. Do with, the air horns. Uh, do th- drop the air horns. <laughs> there it goes. There it goes. Yeah. I found it. Very excited to be back in person for the second time in a row. I don't know uh, the last time we did it. It's been a minute, yo. Yeah. A twofer in a row? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Very excited to have it. Um, we don't have any jump this week, so we're going to do just like a kind of a, a little bit of a talk shit show. We got some American comics to talk about this week, so let's not waste any time. Let's get into the uh, plugs really fast. You can find me at the Chris Espinel on Twitter and Instagram, Joshua Cole. Where can they find you? At JD Cole underscore 37. That's on Instagram and at NY Chillin, uh, with a E N, not an I N G, and that's on Twitter. Oh, uh, get at me, guys. Yeah, Brian. You can find me at B.ESP on both Instagram and Twitter. And if you ever want to catch me when I'm streaming, you can find me at Twitch.tv/slash It's Punchline. Ooh, yeah. You can follow the show itself at New Jump City on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter, especially because we do a really good chapter of the week poll usually when there is jump. But there wasn't this week, so we don't have that. No jump. No jump. But next week, jump will be back. Jump uh, will be back. Yeah. <laughs> my life will be complete. Indeed. Um, but then when Oda goes on break, my life will be incomplete once more. I agree with that sentiment. Uh, <laughs> if you uh, also uh, email us at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, anything you guys want us to talk about, uh, or you can comment under whatever video you're watching, whether it's the full version or the little highlight breakouts we make for you every week. Uh and while you're at it, why don't you subscribe on our YouTube? That would be super sweet. Subscribe, share the podcast, do all the things. Uh, if you prefer audio podcasts, we are also on every podcast platform that you can think of, even ones I've never heard of. So check us out, uh, mainly on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, wherever, and leave us a five-star review while you're at it. Uh, and I think that's it with plugs for now. Uh, thank you guys so much. Let's get into the show proper. Do the thing, Brian. <laughs> We're starting with Devil's Reign. Uh, this is Devil's Reign number two of six by Chip Zdarsky. Um, Zdarsky. 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 <laughs> this is the uh, second in the uh, the conclusion event for, I guess, Zdarsky's uh, entire Daredevil run. Uh, we, last we left off, Wilson Fisk has decided to implement a law that outlaws all superheroes, uh, not just the young ones like that was established earlier in the like the last year or so there was like a anti-kid superhero law but now wilson is just like you know what fuck that no more superheroes in new york period none period Uh, i'm a salty guy (laughs) yeah uh so you know all the heroes have gone underground uh and are trying to uh freedom fight this whole thing uh get it all together uh we open this issue with uh danny rand who is no longer iron fist i remember that being a thing uh he is no longer iron fist somebody else is i don't know who um he's currently on the phone with luke cage 
uh, who is with Jessica Jones and Tony Stark. Uh, they're on their way to meet up with the uh, underground superhero resistance force. Um, as Tony has announced that he is running against Wilson Fisk in the upcoming mayoral election. So he calls up Danny Rand to be like, yo, uh, let's g- <laughs> come come with us, man. I know you're not an Avenger anymore, but they're coming for you. Uh, this is a very uh, non-discriminatory rule against uh, fucking um, vigilantes. Very non-discriminatory. Yeah, they're coming for everyone, even if you're retired. They don't like it. Um, and Danny's like, all right, I'll wait for you guys here. And that's when uh, Crossbones just pulls up with a whole squad of people. And he's like, you're under arrest, Iron Fist. And he's like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> Well, good luck. Uh, I guess I'll fight my way through it. So Danny Rand hangs up the phone and just starts fighting, but I guess he's, like, losing. He doesn't seem to have his Iron Fist powers at all anymore. Uh, I'm not very current on the exact situation with Danny Rand, but I guess all he has is regular kung fu fighting. I mean, maybe... Yeah, I don't know what's going on with him either, but like, he doesn't always have the glowy fist, right? I would imagine in this situation he would just immediately be like, oh, I'm just in my civvies here. Better light up my fists. Yeah, you know what? Um, like, <laughs> spoiler, guys. Sorry, but he loses. He loses to. Oh, deaf. Uh, crossbones. To <laughs> you know, crossbones. Cross He's just a guy at and this fodder. point. And fodder. He is just a guy. At Who? This Danny point. Rand. Yeah. He doesn't see. He doesn't seem to have the. Iron yeah. Fist so he power. probably. Yeah. He probably does not have the iron fist. And yeah. And they are real thirsty for the kid, man. Yeah. It's not great. Um. So, meanwhile, we cut over to Wilson Fisk's dark-ass room where he likes to sit with no lights on. Uh, so and, assassins can come catch him. This is how it just works. He just leaves himself open for assassinations just for the fun of it, I guess. Um, and it turns out Elektra Daredevil pulls up uh, to confront Wilson Fisk. And Wilson Fisk isn't scared because he's like, yeah, sure, you're a ninja and everything, but you're not killing currently because you're Daredevil and you're following Daredevil's rules, so I know you ain't going to do nothing. Um, so, you know. He- Suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Um, right, like, so get the fuck up out of here, and as a matter of fact, I got my goons on your ass now. Yeah. But <laughs> for you, because you thought shit was sweet. Yeah, I know that you were like somehow betraying daredevil with the hand thing with the whole hand situation so you know they're here in the city now so go deal with them and you're tying so <laughs> did is that a thing is that something that's been yes talked about already yeah no um, not the tie-in the whole that she betrayed matthew well the whole thing is with that um it was a while ago is this implied no it was a while ago when um they were talking about Electra came back specifically to say yo i'm like trying to take over the hand uh, and make it into something stronger, but it needs a leader. And I would like for you to join me as the leader of the fist, which is the souped up version of the hand. Right. So please come join me. And Matt is like, no, I'm not a ninja villain, man. And she's just like, what if I'm very nice at crime fighting in New York? Will, will I turn your heart then? And Daredevil has not given an official answer mm. because he's been in prison. So... um yeah, apparently, I, I guess he doesn't know that she's just going along with this plan anyway. So um, she's going to go off to deal with the hand, I suppose, uh, in her tie-in, which is also going to be written by Zadarsky. So I guess we'll be uh, covering that as well. Um, Looking forward to it. Yeah, she escapes. Uh, we cut back to the underground superhero team of uh, Steve Rogers, uh, Iron Man, 
Daredevil, uh, this lady, who's, who's she? Oh, yeah, that's Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and uh, Luke Cage's daughter. <laughs> She's there. Miles is here, yeah. too. Miles and in his, his new costume. Yeah, in his, in his new costume that we do not like yet. Yeah, his new and improved debatably costume. I, I don't uh, hate that it's a hoodie. I just don't like how it's implemented. It's just weird. It is weird, it's man. It's the mask, too. The mask isn't like... Amazing. No, yeah. it isn't. What the fuck, man? All right, I'm going to let it go. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to be a broken record about <laughs> okay, it anyway. Yeah. So they go to the old Avengers mansion because uh, although most of it has been de- decommissioned and is basically like a tourist trap at this point, uh, there is a secret underground lair that is, you know, not touched at all just so they can have a super cool secret base. Sure. I'll take it. Yeah, what else? <laughs> they pull up and immediately are spotted by some kids who are hanging out in Avengers Mansion because I guess they didn't think in this public area people will just be here. Uh, but they try to, um, they take a picture of them because, you know, they're all criminals now. And Tony's like, what if I paid you each $1,000 to delete this picture? And one kid's just like, get the fuck out of here. You're Tony Stark. Like, <laughs> boy, give me a million. <laughs> yeah, I want a million. <laughs> And if you take too long, I'm going to make that 500 million. Yeah. You got it, buddy. But uh, luckily, super cool Luke Cage come through and is just like, hey, guys, I'm Luke Cage, and people trust me more. And I'll bust your ass. <laughs> yeah. He didn't say that, but that's essentially the vibe he was giving off. Like, yeah, so you guys could have took the thousand. Now I'm going to come over here and shut this shit down. Yeah, for real. Grown um, man shit. Yeah, very cool. All the kids are like, oh, cool. Yeah, sure. We'll take it down for you, Luke Cage. Because uh, you'll beat her ass. And also, you're cooler than Tony Stark. <laughs> he is. You're, we like you more. You're a street level guy. Yeah. That Tony Stark's a billionaire. We don't respect those. Um, he watches <laughs> celestial beings die. Yeah. Nothing about it. It's, he's traumatized. Leave him alone. <laughs> um, meanwhile, in the back r- background, you see, I guess one of the purple children is around. Yeah, um, that was very interesting. Very ominous. Ooh, Ooh. the purple children, Christian's favorite. Yo, my favorite characters in the entire Marvel Universe, even though I've never read a single one of their Actually, stuff. that's Red Widow, mm. but whatever. And Hawkeye, the combination of them, too. Man, how could I betray Red, Red Widow? All right, you know what? Um, side note, I'm sorry, guys. We got to detract a little bit. So a little bit of history. I used to make fun uh, well- Still do a little bit, but I used to make fun of Chris because he seemed to always like really like the, the <laughs> characters. Without I didn't powers. say I we've like them. We've gone through this already. We've gone. We've 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 regurgitated <laughs> this on the I podcast like many episodes ago. But I just want to say how like I used to group Hawkeye together with Black Widow, mostly because of the movie. You know what I'm saying? And they were only two without powers, and I'm like, why? Why are they there? And which you know, I was just being an asshole. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy how much of a pair they are now at this point in the MCU. Even though one's dead, yes, you know, like that they're, they're not they're a thing, but like they're they're cool. They're they're a little team kind of. Yeah, they have a dynamic. Yeah, and it's just so fucking hilarious because I said all that shit before, and they made their own unpowered duo. How yeah. cool is that? Guys? Oh my god, a duo of two people without powers. <laughs> I'll tell you this. Whoa! Man. I feel like okay, Josh. <laughs> wow, Josh does this thing. If you don't actively and constantly tell somebody their <laughs> hatred of something, he'll assume that you love it. <laughs> I mean, Tony Stark doesn't have powers, <laughs> right? Huh? He he just has a lot of He's money. Super smart. Yeah, super smart. Yeah, no, but that's not a power. You gotta say with an H. It is. No, no, power. no. If you say with an H, it is how a power because oh. it's different from just being a super. What smart. about yeah. super arrow shooting? 
like no, no that's not what he has. He, that's he, what arrow. That's what uh, Hawkeye has. He, he just has arrow. really, really, really good arrow shooting, and it's good enough. <laughs> no, no, his arrow shooting is like the best in the universe. He, he has the just, greatest arrow shooting. You, like that's some superhuman levels of arrow shooting. I don't believe that. Well, whatever. We're gonna have to agree to disagree. We're also gonna be here all day. Me just defending. I don't even like Hawkeye that much. Or the purple child. <laughs> That's not it. You don't like, Hi- no, you don't right, like right. Hawkeye, but you still can't help but defend him. I That much. <laughs> Can I explain what happened with the purple child? What went in my head? Go so basically it. what happened was that I remember that you really, really liked that old Daredevil run. And at the time I started like looking into it and reading it, the whole purple children thing was going on. And I just was like, why are these children so sinister why is this such a big deal but of course i was ignorant and understand the story and the layers and it's hey i did not read that particular story you didn't the story that i'm talking about always is mark wade's run which was right before that one oh charles soul wrote that part where the purple children made everybody forget okay okay and he was living in the sewers and stuff was he living in the sewers? <laughs> no, but he they told they made him feel bad about himself, so he went to live in the sewers. Anyway, so uh, Ben Riley, Spider Man. Yeah. yeah, Ben Riley is Spider Man now. He's is not Peter Parker for some reason. And he's not Jackal. To be fair, we have just kind of just like fell off of Amazing Spider Man. That's so the we know Scarlet why. Spider, right? Yes. Ooh, no. No. Yeah. No. Spar- Scarlet Spider is Kane, I believe. No, no but what? he's a Scarlet Spider. No, I'm as pretty well. sure Scarlet Spider because is the event ben Riley. It, during the Spider Verse event, was. the side event was Scarlet Spiders with an S. Oh, okay, and it so was Ben. The one, the I, Scarlet whatever. Spider I'm familiar with is Kane. Kane. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy, Ben Riley. Probably is a Scar- Scarlet Spider, yeah. and I'm bugging. Yeah, he so. is. But ben. there's multiple people who've worn Kane the Scarlet Spider. Kane is also Spire. the Scarlet Spider. Let's just Scarlet say, Spider is just whoever's a clone. Yeah, let's just say that Ben Riley was the first Scarlet Spider. Okay, I'll take it. Um, He's currently Spider-Man for some reason. So he's uh currently at the Daily Bugle. Uh, I forgot this little detail. I was like, oh, right. He's not He's not Peter right now. Yeah. Um, so, you what, know. What's the difference between them? Is he just angrier? Ben is a clone. Yeah, but like, what's the difference? Um, the other, yeah, Ben's way more troubled. Yeah, he's had a past. So he's like, the and Jason also, Todd if he gets Spider-Man. killed as Spider Man, it's not as big of a deal as killing Peter. So it's like, nice, nice. <laughs> so he's like the Jason Todd of like Spider Man. Yes, I guess. I mean, all the Scarlet Spider, all the clones of Peter are kind of like that. I'm not gonna lie. I think the 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 the, the Batman family is much more defined than uh, definitely the Spider. You know, the Spider group. folk. There's a few that have obviously that have a whole series dedicated to them, but you know it's come on, this is Bat the Bat family. Yeah, for real, ain't no comparison. No, um, except for Miles, who's probably better than most of the Robins. He was a start. He was a start. Spider Verse was a start. You know what I'm saying to all of that, but you know, come on, Jason Todd, Dick Grayson, Barbara. Wasn't there a time that nobody liked Jason Todd though, and that's why they killed him off? They literally <laughs> I mean, voted him out. Yeah, but you yeah. know. I mean, you know. the majority of people in this country have voted for a lot of things that <laughs> I don't really agree with. Yeah, I you mean, know, not that I've read Jason Todd's Jim original Crow. stories of of him as Robin to really know or feel like that was unfair. Separate but equal, you know, yeah, a lot of, a lot of stuff that was voted in Sus. by majority. <laughs> the death of Jason Todd, which is equal to both of those things, <laughs> is True. equal scale. True. <laughs> That was a bad vote. (laughs) (laughs) 
Anyway, we need a so, recount. Ben fucking Riley, Spider Man. There's uh, the Thunderbolts have apparently started taking people hostage now to draw superheroes in. Uh, so Ben Riley's like, well, I I can't not go in and help people. So he come he pulls up. It's Taskmaster and Whiplash. Uh, they're there, and um, they've been tasked. Who the with- fuck is Whiplash? Uh, he's the villain from Iron Man 2. Oh, he's actually a thing? Oh, you didn't know that? No, I knew he was a thing, but like, I he is just... I feel like he's such a rare villain. Like, I haven't seen really him. Rare. This is actually the first time I'm reading a story <laughs> featuring him. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> heard his name since I watched Iron Man 2. Yeah. Like, that's the last time I heard his name. The actor did a great job, in my opinion. Mickey Rourke? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it is funny to see Mickey Rourke play a computer guy. He's just this big beefy like yes, so I will he, do computers. So mm-hmm. is he really just like electric whip man? Yeah. Is that all? Yeah, he is? but he's really smart too. It's just, you know <laughs> I feel like your criteria for people with no powers is if they're really smart, it's acceptable. But if they're No, he's still a lame. <laughs> I'm just trying to explain like he's more than just electric whips. <laughs> like, uh, let's say he's probably corny too. Uh, especially he's pretty lame. <laughs> he's pretty lame. Okay, so Ben Riley pulls up, and um, you know the, he does his like Spider Man thing. He's like, "I'm not gonna let you hurt these people." And uh, Taskmaster's like, "That's cool because we're just here yeah, for that's you. fine. That's exactly the plan. We're anyway. just kind of here for you." Yeah. So. <laughs> he uh, said, "I'm Taskmaster, bro. I'm not these these regular villains. You, you, I'm not even a villain. I'm I'm a questionable antihero, maybe kind of. Uh, he's definitely not an antihero. I'm not a good person. He's a villain. Yeah, he's not a good person. <laughs> <laughs> that's, just, that's just yeah. He's not a good person. There's different levels of villains. Is just villains and just not good people. Uh, we cut over to the Miramidon, <laughs> which is the prison for super criminals. Where um, news to me? Yeah, where Invisible Woman and Mister Fantastic are just casually having a prison dinner, uh, and. They have power dampeners, so they don't have their powers in this prison, obviously. Uh, two goons decide to pull up on them and try to shank them. And it's like, hey, Mr. Fantastic, you not, don't look so fantastic now, do you? Despite uh, the fact that I'm dressed to the nine, <laughs> yeah, I'm happy heat, and I'm going to kill him. Pull out my weapon. Yeah, yeah. but uh, his wife wasn't playing. Yeah, anything. she just takes her food and just smashes this dude's face in. Yeah, she cracks his, his, his head open with a, with a metal tray, with a metal food tray. Yeah. Uh, nice. And they're about to link together and fight like regular people, like Josh hates. Uh, <laughs> they have power dampeners. It's fine. <laughs> so, you know, the guards come in and break it up before uh, it, shit gets too crazy. Uh, and they break them up. They have a cute little moment where they're like, stay alive, okay? Always. And they kiss as they depart. I know. It's adorable. Very Damn adorable. No, oh, um, no. Mom and dad. So are those... <laughs> Other dudes they were fighting also have powers? Probably. I mean, this is a prison for super criminals. They ain't have power dampeners on. That's true. But they're so they're just random. They you just could be a super. I think dudes? it's not about the abilities you have, but about the damage you've caused. Well, it says super powered criminals specifically. So, um, hmm, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> what's. what's we found a chink in the armor. They're Sidarsky. like, they're, well, they're, like the, they're like, oh, they know what superpowers. Let's just throw in some fodder, you know, like some prison fight. Like, maybe they forgot. <laughs> maybe they have power dampener anklets. Yeah, maybe it's on somewhere else. Um, I have the power to be very inconvenient. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, my power is plot convenience. <laughs> uh, 
Meanwhile, other regular people look really cool. (laughs) (laughs) I have the power to get beat up by an average trait to the face. We cut over to the sub-basement in the city hall where uh, Dr. Octopus has been having a grand old time in uh, Reed Richards' laboratory. <laughs> he sure has. He's having the greatest time of his life. First of all, he's like, this is the best I could do, Fisk. And he seems to have the purple man inside this real weird diamond thing. Chaos Emerald. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, Sonic. Yeah. I, I recall. It's for the people. It's for Brian that. and the others. Yeah, for the other people. Dude, we need that drop of Obama saying uh, chaos control. <laughs> Obama said that? No, there's like it's like a meme. Like they um they use like um I don't know, what is it? Like audio generated. Like they basically like pull, pulled a bunch of words together and put them together and it's him like ta- making a statement wow. about the cha- about the chaos emeralds. That is really that's well, actually so super disruptive funny. that you could do something like well, that. Well, guess what? <laughs> Next week, chaos control drop. Yeah, we'll, we'll have chaos it. control. <laughs> yeah. So, Purple Man's in a diet in the chaos emerald and Dr. Octopus is explaining that apparently this little staff that Wilson is carrying around has like the purple man's finger, which staff. allows him to not have the exact same control over people that purple man does, but he can coerce people. He can kind of nudge people in the right direction of what he wants, but he can't flat out control them. Um, for what unloyal ask Wilson Fist tries it on Otto and Otto's like, nice try Wilson, but I've used my brilliance to make sure that I wasn't really gonna be under control of this shit. I'm not stupid, dude. Surprise, motherfucker. Yeah, I was uh I was a little surprised. I was I was actually surprised because uh man, I was bold to do that to Kingpin. But at the end of the day, he's just one fat man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I what is I don't care. He doesn't yeah. give a fuck. Yeah. He I said, mean, fat boy, I'll tear you apart. Wait, does Wilson <laughs> Fisk not have powers? Wilson Fisk is just, he's incredible. He's strong enough to like really hurt Spider-Man, which is a big deal. Yeah, it is a really, he. <laughs> he's also durable enough to get like slammed yeah. through fucking skyscrapers. And I, he's just like weirdly overly durable for a normal human person. Yeah, why? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just reminded Josh that he is just nothing but a normal human being with no superpowers. Well, but he's not. Like, he's, I will say that I'll put he's him... He's so gangster. That's what it is. Yeah, I'll put him under the same uh, little bit of um, uh, suspension of disbelief that I do for like normal characters in manga that are just sure. can just uppercut people 25 feet in the air. So, that's, <laughs> so, so you're saying that he is so... He is, like so gangsta that he literally has like an aura of like That's what I'm saying and what Chris is saying is that he's willing to just overlook it because he does it so many other times yeah. for for much more. Yeah. Like like Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah. Um So, yeah, uh Dr. Octopus goes away. He's like, "All right, I'm done here. I'm going to go do shit on my own now." Um and Wilson Fisk is just looking away at uh, at the possibilities of what the Purple Man grants him. Meanwhile, Electra is just in some weird snowy field, and it looks like she's being hunted by Craven the Hunter, which is actually kind of cool. I like that. Craven. Is a cool. I'd love to see that fight one on one, but you know it ain't gonna happen that way. Yeah. Oh, I forgot it that this isn't even does. the same Craven. You remember? Oh that? yeah, that's his son. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's that story improved. was like when we first started doing the podcast. Was it? Man. Yeah. It was okay. I remember the last hunt. I thought the last hunt was. Yeah. Cool. It was. It was. It was cool. <laughs> we got a lot of fun out of that. It one. was one of those events that was cool until it wasn't. 
it's just so, like the, the 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 clone conspiracy. So what's good with Craven? Is he actually like a top tier Spider Man? No, he's a big deal. I like when Craven he a feel, lot. when like when they his whole concept is that he's just like a fucking hunt. He just like hunts Spider Man down until he's dead. He's yeah, it's I not about him being a villain. It's about uh, it's very personal because Spider Man is a spider. He's an animal creature, you know. And not just that, he's just like. A, he's like technically a rare specimen in his eyes so he's like i'm hunting the greatest thing to be hunted ever is spider-man sure i mean there's plenty of other weirdo creatures out there like you I know mean, the you know, x-men I, uh, I feel like spider-man is attainable for just a guy sure i, I guess <laughs> this is the most interesting specimen that i could realistically probably if i really work hard enough <laughs> get yeah you gotta if, put an asterisk there if i lift enough i could take him <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we cut back to the Avengers arriving at the basement of uh, Avengers Tower. Um, everybody's just uh, everybody starts talking about Tony's plan to run for mayor, and they're like, "Yeah, about that. Um, we like the plan. We just don't think you should personally run for mayor." And Tony's like, "What? Why?" Just completely. This is believable because the smartest Tony is. He could also be. Just like with everyone in real life. I mean, you could still be... Heartbroken. No, well, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you could still just not be aware about certain things, you know? Yeah. No, um, yeah, they're basically like, well, if you run, it'll be just two millionaires going up against each other, and that's not, like, really attainable. Yeah. And on top of that, like, Wilson is just a convincing guy, so he could easily make you look like a bad guy. That's because... before the Purple Man stuff. Yeah. Even, even if he didn't have the Purple Man stuff, he would... He, it would be pretty easy to make Tony Stark look like a bad guy. So they suggest that Luke Cage actually run for mayor, which is a cool idea for the Marvel U in, in terms of like the street level heroes. I think it's a cool thing. Um, and then Captain America uh, 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 um, validates it. You know what it, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Cosigns. Yeah. He's like, Luke's the right yeah. choice, Tony. And uh, that's it. No, basically he said like, well, Luke has the clear ability to kind of inspire people. His speech the other way, it, the other day, just like ins- clearly inspired folks. So, you know, he he has potential to be a really good politician for New York, even after Kingpin is gone, if they even get him. He's probably the best for it. Um, and the, also another reason is that Luke is the only person who's never worn a mask. So people yeah, that's trust a him really good point. more than Tony, who... Although people know who he is, he's like hidden behind armor all the time. He's like so high up on his ivory tower. He's Plus, always rich. Iron Man has shit to do. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it times. was Tony that said he wanted to be mayor. Yeah, but, he's like yeah. Tony. You have to get back to our dead celestial hideout and help us be Avengers. So, no. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You can't just chill you can't out. Be here. the mayor of New York City, Tony. Also, right, Tony. Tony does things like. Gets sent back to prehistoric times. <laughs> yeah, he does <laughs> casually go missing a lot of time and space. So not really good for a guy who's supposed to be the mayor. I'll tell you yeah. what, I wouldn't vote for him. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't vote for him. He's a menace. <laughs> yeah, uh, Luke Cage pulls him aside. He's like, "Hey, man, this isn't about this isn't about ego. It's about us beating Fisk. We cool with that?" And Tony's like. Yeah, I'll help you. I'll give you. I'll give you all the money you need for your campaign. By the way, also very political thing for him to do. 
I mean, he seems still disgruntled very about it. Smart. And they made a very, they made a huge point to yeah, show that he like, was disgruntled. And so, I'm like, man, you know, I hope they don't really like fuck Tony up in this one. <laughs> we make well, him like like super petty. They they're not gonna make him a villain, right? But yeah, he might imagine be super petty. Imagine they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, Luke Cage never wears a mask, never wears <laughs> armor, and then they're like, all right, now that we got. Tony Stark funding this this campaign. Let's give this dude an Iron Man suit, <laughs> fucking full on mask, flying through the sky. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, meanwhile, shit show. Back at the Daily Bugle, Ben Riley is in the middle of fighting both Whiplash and uh, Taskmaster. Taskmaster is actually giving him the business. Yeah, where Ben Riley. Remember, like, this is Ben Riley, <laughs> not not Peter Perker. But the way he's talking about it does make sense. He's like, man, look, Taskmaster is one of the best hand-to-hand fighters. I mean, I'm really good too, but I'm not. Spider-Man does not have an advantage in that situation, right? Well, it's also and, that he's fighting inside with a bunch of people around, so he right, can't. Right. He probably can't maneuver as much, especially as an inexperienced Ben Riley. So he's just hopping around, and he's like, well, maybe I can get Whiplash's ego to turn against him. And he does that pretty easily. Uh, he just says, hey, I thought you wanted to be A-less Whiplash. Why are you just letting this guy beat me up? And he's like, well, fuck you. I'm going to beat you up. And uh, yeah, he just causes major problems. Uh, I guess like he, he comes in and then like Ben Riley knocks him out immediately. Uh, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> right, but what happened here? Did he get electrocuted just now by those whips? Yeah, he got. That he wasn't took, his power, right? Yeah, I'm he like took the brunt of it. his whip, and then he just went, bow, knocked him out. But you know that causes him to just be arrested by Taskmaster. I guess, I guess he was just trying to take care of the one problem, which was Whiplash, uh, knowing like solve the problem he could solve pretty immediately. Yeah, so. Taskmaster puts the power damper on him and then just kicks him out the window. That was fucked up. Yeah. Spider-Man doesn't have his powers currently, so he's just like, shit, I need right, to break one of fall. those powers is durability, unfortunately. Durability and landing on things well. <laughs> so he's just like, fuck, I got to break my fall. And he tries to use his web shooters. Oh, man, he doesn't have a super rough. strength anymore. So when it pulls on him, he dislocates his shoulder and uh, he lands on a car. And yeah, he falls from fucking like... 30 stories high, man. Yeah. As uh, a normal person. Well, I right? guess, like, in theory, like, the web kind of broke his fall a little right, bit. Right, so right, right, right. So he didn't, that's, that's why a, he didn't die. But yeah. he's he's not in he's, good shape. He's real close. He's like, ow. The Reaper's right in the back. Like, mm. Mm. hello, Spider-Man. The South Park Reaper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that one's just, like, he's on a tricycle. Like, mm. <laughs> mm. I never got a Spider-Man before. I didn't think it was going to be this soon. She... <laughs> <laughs> Yo, when we calling Peter Parker back? Because uh, <laughs> we're about to be lacking some Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh my God! Then we get the kicker. We hear Otto is just chilling in front of this big interdimensional gate that he found in Reed Richards. Super ominous, man. I mean, he. This is a cool design for him. Oh yeah, young Otto. Sheesh. Is that what it is? This is young Otto, Sheesh. right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how he got this new body, but it, I I am a fan. Um. I miss Superior Spider-Man. Uh, don't we? But all? not him replacing Spider-Man. Just him being his own. Yeah. Eh, whatever. That was a great series. It was a great series. Um. So yeah, he's like, as always, Otto Octavius understands true power. True power is this cool inter- interdimensional gate that Wilson Fisk is not taking advantage of right now. So you know, he's like, but I'm doing shit, 
and my plans are superior. superior. And at, and coming through the gate are evil versions of the Hulk, Ghost Rider, and Wolverine. And they all have uh, back stuff, like Dr. Octopus. <laughs> are they all... Yes, variants of Doctor Octopus. Even uh, I don't know if they're variants, but uh, maybe I did not Bro, look at Ghost that. Rider's back. He has the chains coming out of it. Yo, that's crazy. I know. Oh, can this be an event? <laughs> it by itself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I'm here for it, and that's where the issue ends. Actually, uh, with uh, Doctor Octopus being like, "I'm doing some real cool shit down here." Uh, fuck Wilson. Fit. He could have New York. I have Hulk's. And I have wolverines with octopus things. Yeah, I mean, I guess that the octopus pieces on them makes them unbeatable in his mind. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, pretty cool. I feel like uh, this main event has been, like, built up for the tie-ins that are to come. You know, the stuff with Elektra and Craven with, I guess, Otto is going to be doing stuff. Luke Cage is going to have, like, a little mini-series uh, tying into this, which I guess will cover his mayoral run. Um so I'm guessing that this main series will be like kind of a facilitator for the branches of story that are going around. But as it stands, it's it's actually pretty cool. Uh, the artwork is fantastic. Uh, I believe it's the guy who's been like mostly drawing Daredevil up to this point, and yeah. he's like really putting in the work. Um, I'm enjoying this event so far. Uh, do you have any thoughts before we move onward? No, not really. I mean. I want to see what's up with the tie-ins. Mm. I think the story's been cool so far, but um, yeah, I I want to see what's going, what else is going on in the city. I, this is one of those events, in my opinion, that like I feel like will really similar to like the Thor event, uh, when when everyone invaded Earth and all of that. The tie-ins really helped, like, like it synergized well with the main event because kind of the point was, like, it was, like, an all-out war. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, it didn't feel like, oh, man, they just want us to get these comics. I really felt like, oh, man, like, I'm seeing this whole war going on, right? Like, on all fronts. And if you don't see one of the series, you're, like, missing out mm-hmm. on... And not, like, about it being important to the story, but you're missing out of the fun. That's a good event, in my opinion, with tie-ins. Yeah. And that's how, that's how I kind of feel here because, like, man, this... It's a, it's basically like we said, Civil War 2.0, like a remix, um, just on a, a slightly smaller scale. But I mean, the conflicts with the heroes and villains—that's really cool. I mean, you know, I'm a grown ass man, but I remember being a kid. That was like the coolest shit ever, like the most memorable shit. Yeah, definitely. Oh no, they're ganging up on the heroes. Oh shit! I mean, it's still cool. It's it gives you that feeling, like oh damn, like. Man, I don't know what the fuck is about to happen to Ben Riley. Yeah. I don't care that much because it's Ben <laughs> Riley, but I'm, it's not Peter. I have no idea. And that's that's exciting. It's 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 interesting. Definitely. Um yeah, I kinda I mean I, I've only read the main series for Civil War, but I, I, I find myself enjoying this version same, of this same. kind of story a little more. Yeah. Uh yeah, I don't know. I feel like uh Civil War originally was like I guess it was just like trying too hard to like force certain conflicts between heroes. And I feel like this is like a kind of better way to do it while still having some kind of conflict. I mean, we see like a little bit of Tony probably like, I don't, I don't think he would sabotage the whole thing, but I feel like there is something up with him. There's definitely a point being made that he's not thrilled about what's happening. You know what? I'll make a prediction. It's not about 
Tony being salty about not being chosen is that him being the mayor had more to had. It was deeper than just getting Fisk out. Yeah, definitely. He had his own plans. I, I think that's for sure what it is. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, uh, I think I'm uh, I'm all good on Devil's Reign. Are you? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm tapped out on that. Then I'm, let's can't a- wait for the next one. Yes. Then let's a move on. <laughs> Inferno. This is uh, Inferno number four, the final one, actually. This is the actual last Hickman writing on the X-Men verse that we'll see for a long time. Uh, And uh, let's get into it, I guess. Uh, Inferno number four. Last we left off, um, there's been some uh, little games being played within the council. the secret is kind of out on Moira, uh, thanks to Emma Frost. Uh, she let Mystique and Destiny know who, if you've been reading the X-Men uh, up to this point, uh, they actually killed Moira in a previous life when she was trying to cure mutant dumb. Burned her alive. Yeah, it was pretty dirk. Pretty dirk. Uh, so they had kidnapped her and uh, seemingly have taken her to an Orcus station. Uh, but when... Xavier and Magneto tracked them down there. Everyone there was dead. So they were like, whoa, what the fuck? They were around investigating it. Uh, They realized that they were now surrounded by the many scientists and agents of Orcus, uh, including the uh, Omega Sentinel and Nimrod. So they're in trouble because Nimrod is broken. Um, Real quick, I have a question about Moira. Is like... When she dies, does she just go to another universe? Like, is she reborn? Into no, she resets the actual. See, this is different from like she doesn't create branch universes. She deletes the one that she's oh. in and creates a new one. So the world's not going to keep going when she dies. Nope, here. it's going to restart. Now yeah. that leads to another very interesting question because this isn't the only universe. Does she do this to all of them or just the one universe? I f- believe it's. The former, simply because it still works fine. You know what I'm saying? As long as the other reality is getting destroyed and it's not a splinter one, mm-hmm. and that's creating a bunch of ju- like you know like split off timelines or whatever, then it it all works out. Yeah. But it, that could still be the case if it's the case that those timelines are still out there. That would still be interesting. Yeah, it's, it's just less jumbled that way. If it's that's a little. Not the case. It's a little, at least, assumed by the other mutants that when she dies, the universe that she was currently residing in is destroyed, and it just starts over. So, in theory, this would be six one six, just constantly <laughs> restarting, uh, and this would be the tenth iteration of it. So. Um, and this universe is different because, in theory, this universe, as we learned in the last issue, this is the universe where the mutants actually win all the way. And uh, the Omega Sentinel coming back in time kind of splinters that to a, a very unknown possibility at this point. So, yeah, <laughs> going forward, it's going to be pretty weird. Um, all right. So this is all right. I got to ask you this, this since you already opened that can of worms. They still lose in all those other Moira lives. Yes. But it's just this one. They figured it out for this one. And then they always win because whenever... Because she's kept going back in time after this point? No, she went back in time this once. But when they say they always win, that's almost implying like through each live that they keep winning. But I think it's... Is it safe to assume that it just means like... 
like man all i've known is that they win like is that kind of in her future she's like they win as far as she knows which is in this timeline yeah all she knows is that they win every time completely unaware of the whole other lives thinking that she's all right so this is separate lines of thought and it doesn't really matter because moving forward that's supposed to be the case but it was messed up because she went in the past i understand a bit more now yeah okay so okay. she changed the timeline. She changed this whole thing. Yeah. I'm going to tell you guys <laughs> this, though. What happens in the next few pages, you didn't need to read any fucking thing, any part of this whole X-Men run to be like, wow, <laughs> holy shit, these niggas is getting it popping. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Chris. Okay, so, you know, Eric and uh, Xavier are surrounded uh, by all these agents of Nimrod and Omega Oh, Sentinel. my God. And are they scared, bro? No, they're like... Is Xavier scared? No. Absolutely not. They're like, they're just I did not know his power set was like this. Okay, so... All right. So, they're about to they're about to square up. They're like, we, we have no choice. We're going to have to fucking go at it. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> uh, and oh, the, but first... These humans are just like, do you hear me, viewers? This is your last chance, surrender. And um, Nimrod breaks in and is like, it's no use. They're ready to die for this shit. Um, as are we <laughs> yeah the humans are like so would we and he's like so you have <laughs> like you are about to he's like huh <laughs> yeah what nanny what you mean yeah. w-y-m question mark and they're like you know what We'll do it for them. And then they just start killing them. They, call, they kill all the humans in the vicinity. By themselves. Yeah, Nimrod and Omega Sentinel we're talking about. Magneto and, and Magneto and Xavier just watch as they slaughter their own people. Yeah, which I and, think is not very strategic of them. Well, you know. well, why don't you listen to what they we'll say see. after the fact? Well, first of all, Omega Sentinel drops this cold-ass Hickmanian line. Oh, Right after slaughtering them, she's like, this is how little you matter. And it's like, whoa. Right. Now, I, I don't know if you wanted to get into the whole exposition of it, but the reason they slaughtered the humans is the same reason that they slaughter everyone eventually. Humans and machines, are only, it's only a temporary like union. Yes. They're together to fight the mutants, but the humans don't know that the machines eventually overthrow them. Yeah, they don't fuck with them. No, None of the humans <laughs> understand that, and even if they have an idea... It's their arrogance that you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Not of all, it's not a blanket statement on humanity in the comic book world or whatever. But like the powers that be, you know, that are influencing all of this and creating these killer machines, they have no idea that shit is going to turn on them. Yeah, at all. Yeah, zero. It's not good. Um, so yeah, they just said you make. A, you know, I'm gonna let you get into it. Yeah, Omega Sentinel says as much. He's like, that's our secret. We've held it close, hidden from the world, but here it is. We hate them as much as we hate you. So fair. It's it makes sense. Yeah. It makes it's a logical decision. It's we, like we get a cool ass panel of Magneto and Xavier squaring up. I like it. They're in their cool poses. I know. It's when I re- see Magneto, I mean Mag- when I seen Xavier squaring, I was like, wait, he's like- he about to fight fight? <laughs> is he gonna have a mental battle? <laughs> I mean, oh, it would have to be a mental battle. Nah, it was it was very physical. Oh yeah, Magneto just drops a whole fucking floor on them, uh, and Xavier they they just like start scrapping it up. Uh, she shoots a cannon, they get blasted back, but you know what? Xavier's like, 
I need to find her. I need to. And he tries to reach for his cerebro, but Nimrod destroys it. And that's when Xavier goes crazy. He explodes Nimrod from the inside out. Son, I didn't know he could do shit like that. Yeah. He said, where is Moira? Uh, <laughs> speak of the devil, we cut over to Destiny and Mystique, who have Moira again. Um, and uh, basically, she's like, Moira's like, you know you can't kill me. And... Uh, Mystique is like, actually, Moira, I disagree, and seems to shoot her. And the next page is just like, yo, what did they do to her? As, like, the screen goes to white. We don't know what happened for, like, two pages. And we get a big two-page spread that says the death of Moira X. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah, kind of wild. <laughs> yo, <laughs> that's crazy. Okay. So they explained that. You see what they did there, though, right? Yeah. Obviously, with, you know. In retrospect to what we read next. Yes. The death of Moira X. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll explain it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it turns yeah. out. I just noticed that. That's how I brought that up. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. That was pretty clever. All right, anyway. <laughs> In the last issue, uh, Emma Frost was forming a bit of an somewhat alliance with Mystique and Destiny, and uh, she was giving them this weapon uh, she mentioned that she had gifts, and it turns out it's this weapon that Forge had once made a long time ago to strip mutants of their powers, because they know that if they kill Moira as a mutant, she'll just reset the universe, and everything will start over again from the start. So they hatch this whole ass plan to whole ass plan to get her kidnapped. To uh, D- Mystique disguised herself as everyone in this <laughs> in this whole conflict, basically mad to people. get this done. Uh, Can I be honest here? What? I was really not impressed by this series of events. Mm. Why? We could talk more later, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so she disguised- I just want to pinpoint that none of this was like, none of this was the dead celestial. Mm. None of this. None of this was the good planning. You keep looking for the dead celestial. Oh my God, because (laughs) man, from the beginning of the series, what did we say? Oh man, I can't wait until he just shows us like, yeah, remember that? Yeah. Well, that it's going to be years before it. we see that. You can't start looking for it. I guess cuz it's if not If he comes be, back, you're he will come back. What if Image Comics does um, well, what if he's, he what has if, he's big enough that he could just do whatever he wants at this point. Would he want to finish this? I yeah. hope so, man, cuz he I'm sure. end it good. I'm sure he wants to. This is Spoilers. just the second app. This is not supposed to be the end. All right. Okay, so they did this whole thing. Uh, they were the ones responsible for the slaughter of humans that were happening. They seemed to have infected them with some weird bomb thing. Who cares? That made them kill each other. It's like, all right. <laughs> and? They cut off Moira's arm for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, just so a- that they thought that she was there. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Uh, so, yeah, what they shot her with, what the hell? Oh, shit. What they shot her with was this, uh, was the ray gun that takes away your abilities. And now they're like, now we're going to kill you. (laughs) Now we can without the world resetting. Because we quite like, see, this is the only redeeming part about Mystique and Destiny, in my opinion. When they say that they're going to kill her so that she can't reset the world again because they enjoy, they really like how things are. They like that there's this mutant nation of Krakow and that they're on top and they can't just be easily hunted like they usually are. And um I felt that, man, cuz 
prior to everything, you know, everything else they've done, it just really seemed like, wow, you're going to fuck all of this up just because you were mad. Granted, granted, all right, I'd be really upset if they didn't let me, you know, revive my wife and shit. I I get it, you know, but I don't know, man. It's hard. I, I, you know, I feel like I'm just kind of downplaying the emotional side of it, of her being hurt. And I expect her to just kind of feel like, you know, think that she's bigger, that that, that Krakow is bigger than her. But she Mm -hmm. obviously does understand that. And you know what? That's not what happened. They were purposely keeping Destiny away from Mystique. And that was wrong. That was fucked up. And honestly, at this point, it was literally just because Moira didn't like it. Yeah. That's what I'm getting. That's what I'm getting. (laughs) That's all it came down to was that, yeah, fuck Destiny. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, there was definitely like a very selfish because like Moira was literally burned to death by these people. So she's definitely not like, yo, I want to see these people again. Um, but yeah, I think like she was mostly scared that Destiny was going to figure out what she was up to and was going to just stop the Krakoa thing from even happening. Because I think like. The logic outside of Moira definitely not wanting Destiny back because she burned her to death is also that, like, she could derail the whole thing by seeing the wrong future at at the wrong time. So, like... That's true, because... So, if at any yeah. point there's a, there's a point where Krakoa's future looks not worth it to her, she could just ruin it before they would even know. Um but there is definitely a, a personal on a beef. whim on a whim. Yeah, there's definitely a personal beef with that <laughs> as well. Um, I yeah, this whole thing is uh, very interesting, and I do like uh, I do find the whole dynamic of them trying to have their cake and eat it too by trying to kill Moira without her powers, so they can keep what she built. Technically, with, it's realistic. Yeah, without having her around. It's a realistic frame of thought that like normal people would would try. Obviously, you're gonna always try to get the most out of. That's all that. Yeah, having your kick and eat. That's all that really means is getting the most out of a situation. So mm-hmm. like, I don't blame them for that thought process. And I guess I didn't have an issue with Mystique and Destiny for that matter. Like at any point, I was just hoping that whatever they're doing, there is legit purpose. And honestly. The fact that they feel like Moira is a threat to what has been built already off of her own, you know, off of Moira's own, like, you know, purpose and direction. I think that's deep. I think that's complex and multi-layered thinking. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. they made an executive decision. They was like, you know what? We don't trust you at all. And uh, I'm not going to lie. I was very surprised by Moira's answer. They was already kind of building to this in the previous Inferno. And I'm not going to lie. In my opinion, kind of not as good as writing I expect from Jonathan Hickman. Mm. I I wanted to be more surprised by this, and yeah. we was kind of given this. Um, I think it was kind of interesting when you think about it. What Josh is talking about? Yeah, you're about to. Yeah, I was gonna mm-hmm. say maybe before I keep talking, we should actually say what it is. Okay, during this whole conversation, after they talk to her about their plan to destroy her without her powers, so that she won't reset the universe. Moira, Moira was talking basically about, well, they were like lambasting her for like, she's not proud of who she is, that she at one point tried to like destroy mutantum with her cure. And her second life. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is when she got burnt up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And she was like, well, 
what you got they compare her cure to the gun they just used on her and she's like well no they're not the same thing because your this gun is just a clumsy tool it's like what my cure would do is cure people before they even knew they had powers so that like they wouldn't even know what they lost uh so she said that's the beauty of it yeah that's the beauty of it now do you want to continue or yeah i guess like the reason continue yeah the reason she said that is that she's like the beauty of it is is that you wouldn't know you wouldn't like appreciate your mutant hood if you'd never had it to begin with sure you wouldn't have to go through all the strife and all that shit in the first place and i found it plausible i found it interesting because like moira although she's been all in on krakoa for the most part, she's still in the back of her head. Prefers this method. Method. Um, that was a very well, that was a very good way of putting it. Chris, yeah, honestly, um, that is yeah. It's it's as a matter of fact. I'm glad you said it, and I agree with you because going into this, after the impression I got was that that, and again, it, I had this impression because I felt like you know this is why Mystique and Destiny was kind of going so hard mm-hmm. that that is how she felt indefinitely. Like, oh no no no. All of this is of Rouse. Eventually, I want to get rid of mutantdom and make it not a thing anymore. That's kind of what I thought was the case. But all she sa- what she's saying is that that's that was my thought process at the time, and I don't, I still at this point don't necessarily disagree with it. It's just that I've gone through a different course of action now. Mm-hmm. And for Destiny and Mystique, the fact that she even still, not only that she once believed that, but still doesn't regret that, that is too much for them who are super duper proud of who they are and they're muting them which you know they don't need my approval i mean they're Mm. fictional characters but (laughs) aside from my approval that's that's important you should be proud of who you are um you know as long as you're not hurting so i mean being a mutant doesn't mean you hurt people Mm -hmm. right so yeah yeah yeah. mutants are inherently evil i will say this i will give moira credit that although that like in her heart she seems to still have like this belief in her cure. She's tried to make things work out for mutant um, more times than she's tried to destroy them. Fair enough. So, but you know, but like, that one time was enough. Yeah, I mean, out of <laughs> nine, mystique and destiny. <laughs> yeah, they they didn't they never forgot. <laughs> uh, but you know, out of her ten lives, nine of them were spent in service of mutant dumb. Uh, well, the first one doesn't count because she didn't know she had her powers. Back sure. Then. Uh, so eight out of ten. It's not bad, I guess. Not a bad score. Um, speaking of scores, so my friend just sent me a text saying "RJ fire 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 emoji." <laughs> <laughs> I might clip this just for him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope the Knicks are winning. I'm about to check. All right. Well, I guess we should move onward then. Um, meanwhile, back at the battle with Nimrod and Sentinel, um. They're losing. They're not having a great time about it, it looks like. Which, you know, we kind of guessed. Yeah. Xavier is, like, all bloodied up. He's not really a f- super fighter. Yeah, type. he's never been a... F- yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess what I learned in this fight is that he could get it popping with the with with the best... He's not scared. Yeah. He's ready. But, he, like we know, he's not... He's just not a fighter. Yeah. He's not. But Magneto, uh, actually, he does some cool shit here. Uh, at some point, he manages to control the body of the Omega Sentinel using his abilities, and redirects her cannon right to her face again. Which begs the question, um, one, Omega Sentinel, you're fucking retarded for coming to the battle with metal. It's a comic book. I'm pretty sure they have 
non-metal metals that she <laughs> you plastic i don't know yeah i don't know super i i don't i don't get it and why can you control her now but couldn't control her before maybe there's a is, lot of questions maybe there's like a bit of um maybe it's not necessarily a metal that magneto is strong against but now like after some time he was just like gotcha bitch sure i'm i'm willing to accept that see here's but here's my issue right i would have loved for something like that to have been fleshed out yeah and you know what i'm not gonna just be like oh well it's an american comic no it's an american comic written by fucking jonathan hickman and drawn by i don't know who but a really great artist so fuck out of here man come on we could have had a little bit more complex fight with the two with the with the boss men's of the series yeah i mean you know boss bots and boss men battles are different here It, it is uh that is kind of just a fact. Um, but, you know, these could be established facts about Magneto that we just don't know. There's probably certain metals that it takes them a little longer to get a grasp on. Um, I mean, that's what I, that's how I took it. And that's I, I, I still thought, like, despite the fact if that was the case, that this just took a little bit for Magneto to get settled in with the particular metal in her body. That makes yeah. I thought it was. Like, I don't know. Eh. Not that you say that. I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, you know. It, again, the issue is that we have to think about that for us. No, I agree. I think <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When I could have, I don't know, a co- one more extra page. I'm definitely playing you know? devil's advocate here on that. Fair I agree enough, with you for fair the most enough. part. And I'm not going to press the issue. Yeah. You know how I feel. Yeah. So it's a bit of a hostage situation uh, because Nimrod just grabs Mag- uh, Xavier by the skull and is like, let her go and I'll let him go. And, ex- and- Magneto's like, if you know who I am, you know that ain't no bluff, <laughs> nigga. I don't. And Xavier's like, oh, oh, wait, <laughs> wait, the 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 thing, the cerebro, the cerebro. He's like, hope yeah. Basically, Xavier, Xavier, they're <laughs> obviously not afraid to die because resurrection protocols exist in Krakoa, so they'll just be resurrected. But what I, what Xavier is fearing is that they. Every mutant in Krakoa goes through a memory backup uh, mm-hmm. ev- over a certain period of time. And if they die and are resurrected here, they won't remember that Moira was taken somewhere else. So they'll still assume that, like, Orcus has her. Um, so they, w- yeah, they won't have, they just won't have the memory that Moira is somewhere oh, else. Oh, that's really well designed. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that. It makes sense now. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, it is funny to be like, wait, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> That's good because, like, if death isn't a stake, they had to find another stake to. Yeah, out. the memory backup is definitely always no, a yeah. stake whenever the people die. Really creative. And this is super important given what happens towards the end anyway, which I'm going to bring up again. Yeah, so they don't have any memory backups. They're just like, ah, uh, fuck. <laughs> what do we do now? Uh, so Xavier's like, well, you kill him, I kill her. And he's like, no, if you kill her, I'll kill him. Uh, and they do that for a while. But Nimrod settles down. He's like, I'll let him go if you release her. And then we'll call it a draw. We go both our separate waves. And uh, Mag- <laughs> Man, he was like, fuck that. <laughs> there's no way you leave here alive. Nimrod. Yo, Magneto's so gangster. He wasn't even like, nah, I don't trust you. He was just like, no, 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 no. I'm going to kill both of you. <laughs> Regardless. That's that's like, I'm going to or die trying. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Damn, Magneto. Is I fucking really love- Eric. Oh, man. Marvel's Vegeta. Eric. 
Yeah, what? Marvel's Vegeta. <laughs> oh, I gotta write that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so at that point, he's like, "I'm Nimrod's just like, I'm telling you, we let them go. We let them leave, and then you and I stay then. We'll fight it out. Like real alphas. Are Yo! You, are you an alpha, bro? And Magdillo's like, mm, what should I do? I am, but I'm not dumb. I'm not dumb. I don't want to be <laughs> I know stupid. a mismatch when I see one. You may, <laughs> you're not made of mostly metals I could control like this other one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're kind of uh Yo, Xavier's like, he's like, what should I do, Charles? And Xavier's <laughs> like, they don't have more, Eric. She's somewhere else. That knowledge will die with us. We have to try. You have to trust them. And, and Magneto's like, man. <laughs> and he lets her go. He lets Omega Sentinel go. And Nimrod's like, psych! And kills Xavier right where he's <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, he says it so calm, like, I am so sorry you trusted me. And then he snaps Xavier's neck, uh, and I'm like, "Damn!" <laughs> to Magneto's credit, he gives it his all immediately, retaliating against Nimrod. Nimrod seems to do a shadow clone jutsu. Yeah, he like, yo, that was crazy. He split from himself last minute. Yeah, before right. Magneto, I guess, I guess that was enough to destroy Nimrod. I, yeah, he just. I don't like, know, man. I, I didn't think that'd be enough, but. Yeah. Whatever. He split a, he split from himself anyway, so. Yeah. Um it looks like uh Omega Sentinel seems to have like a power dampener. Oh no, that's the other Nimrod. He's like I have something special for you. A power dampener. Power Ooh. dampeners are the thing this week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they sure are. <laughs> Magneto just like tries to not waste any time and kill tries to kill this Omega Sentinel, but the power dampener gets to him first, so she he's not ready he's not able to finish the job. Nope, and because she's a robot, she uh fixes herself. Yeah, it's n- not fair, man. Nimrod just fucks <laughs> Magneto up, slices Gives him the, the the fucking uppercut of God, yes. nigga. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh blasted him. I w- <laughs> Yeah, Eric fought valiantly, yeah. but uh, it wasn't enough. I will always <laughs> respect Eric for to the last breath. Throwing, Real talk, throwing metal at this man. I'm not gonna lie; he didn't have to fight. It was his words was enough for me because <laughs> he was so ready. He was so ready to die for the cause. Yeah. Oh my God! And the Omega Sentinel has the audacity to shit talk. Right? <laughs> She's like, "You bitch! <laughs> you like that mutant? Yeah, yeah. How you about g- that?" <laughs> You motherfucker! Good, you good mutant! Show <laughs> <Hold> that, <laughs> motherfucker! <laughs> Nimrod's in the back, like, all right, all right, I did it. I did the work. It's all right, you can have that. If I didn't come clean with this power dampener, you'd be spare parts at the office space. It's not good. Uh, and they finish off Eric as they give him uh, spicy Hickman language as he passes. Oh yeah, no, uh, but I ain't gonna lie. I think it's pretty important. Yeah. You want to... Well, Xavier... Well, you could read it word for word, or I could just give the gist of it. You could give the gist of it. Gist of it is, they saying the same shit to to Charles and, and Mag as, you know, was kind of the mantra of of what started Krakoa in the first place, which was, no more, we will not allow you guys to subjugate us and treat us however we're going to create something for ourselves, and... Yo, it's crazy because, you know, as I was reading it, I was slightly annoyed, like, ah, whatever, man, rolling my eyes. But then I was just like, you know what? I don't ever tell my toaster thanks, man. <laughs> I don't ever cut my TV on and be like, you know what, bro? 
You know what? You're <laughs> you right. hold it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. So I got to remember to thank my PS4. For yeah, you. Hey, these devices are getting <laughs> smarter and smarter. Thank you, camera. Thank you, ring thank light. Thank you, iPad. Please don't revolt against me. Yeah. <laughs> we good people. I, I want appreciate you. you. I'll, I'll take your side against the humans. It's lit. Make me a robot too. For so, real. So is this story I'm leading down. up to basically like them, like the X-Men kind of becoming kindred spirits with the fucking robots? No. 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 It's been well, a th- how the fuck did you no, get that? No, because they're both, they're like, they're literally showing that they're like mirrored in their oppression and their like. Yeah, but the mutants. They hate sentient life. Yeah, they hate like, organic yeah, but they're, sentient but they're life. Both it's longing, but they're both longing for independence. No, well, that's, yeah, that's but that's literally not, what they just said. No, really. Here's right, the thing: right. they. It sounds like they're having the same battle, but the mutants also use technology in shitty ways. Uh, Beast, for example, tried to make biofluoronic fucking weapons and infected an entire town because he's yeah. Bad. But that's that's the that's the point, right? It's like they're like I feel like these robot uh problems and stuff like that has there ever been a time when they've tried to like coexist peacefully like, yeah both of them there's been 10 whole lifetimes of them just not having a great time against each other yeah so, so like there's probably gonna be a life this is probably gonna be the one where they're like yo how about we just like stop like killing each other and like you well, know join so hands. this is what omega sentinel says right magneto is like this <laughs> Because he's coughing off blood. Sorry for your ears, guys. <laughs> this isn't over. And she's like, of course you fight. She's No, no. She says, of course. Like, I, yeah, for sure. You fight. The humans fight. So what you do, make war, destroy, kill. You have to understand, to us, there's no difference between you. You are the same. That was significant. Because even though I disagree, she has a point. You know, um, and people like Beast and even the Goody Two Shoes X Men crew. You know, they they do what they got to do, and you know what? They don't pay respect to machines, yeah. and uh, they they disregard life as well. Well, to I, I guess answer Brian's question directly is that I think that's the whole point of this story and of the X Men story in general is that we're all oppressing each other. We don't come together to just not kill each other for once. I disagree. If that, I mean, all right, I'm not saying I disagree with that. That might be the premise. I just disagree if that is the premise with that premise. Well, I think like the idea is that like, how do I explain this? It's um, that question is just like a question of just life in general. You know, um, right? It's like obviously uh, we'd be a much more productive society if we weren't just, I guess, like hurting each other in right. various ways, whether whoever the aggressor is in any given time. In a perfect world, yeah, you but, know, there wouldn't be conflict. But you know what? People are weird. Yeah, definitely. And that's the whole point. I think that's the whole message of the story is that this is just a three-way battle against... Like, no one's on anybody's side. Everybody is in their tribe. No one's coming together. And that's just kind of how shit is. You know, like people just like fight each other it's i mean even all right so even more specific to the conflict here right in these marvel comics with x-men the machines i mean we've seen it before this isn't the first time in days of future past this is the same kind of language that was being used just you know slightly different basically the machines came to a point where they were like 
mutants and humans are not good for this planet. And, you know, we can have a whole conversation about that, I guess. We're not. But, but um, I, whether we agree with that or not, that is their point of view. It is organic sentient life fucks things up. And we're perfect. You guys are flawed. We're perfect. We're going to eliminate you guys and keep doing us. Yeah. It is hypocritical, but it also has logic. Can something be logical and hypocritical at the same time? Well, because- You can be a hypocrite and have logic. Sure. Right? Sure. Yeah. Well, here's the thing is that these these advanced machines, what makes them advanced is that they also have feelings of their own. Ooh, They're able to be point. hypocritical. They're able to have an emotional stock in things sure. that makes them some kind of biased in any in some way. So, like, if they were truly logical machines, just cold and heartless, they wouldn't be able to build this hatred of both sides like they have been. Fair. So it, That's I a good th- point. I think, like, the point of the like the machines evolving to a point where they're sentient is that they also gain like, uh, love and hate and all these other emotions that drive mutants. They're mm. kind of like a half step behind humanity in an emotional like evolution, I guess, in that way. Ah, but they're ahead in everything else. Yeah. So it, it's almost like it creates that... Wow, that was actually kind of profound, man. I mean, no, not kind of. It was. That was actually profound because they are advanced in, in most tangible ways. Mm-hmm. In all tangible ways, actually. All except for the heart. You know, mm-hmm. not to sound cheesy. And um, I don't know if this was the point you're tr- you was trying to make, but I hope I'm kind of taking it further and saying that, you know, I agree a little bit more with what you said before because, you know, the machines, they could easily not kill anyone, take over the world and say, yo, we're doing this for y'all own good mm-hmm. and not murder anyone. Mm-hmm. Instead, they are... They have an emotional reaction to the situation, which implicates them. Yeah. In as far as you guys are in the same boat as the mutants and the humans. The only reason I pause to to agree a hundred percent with that is because at the end of the day, mutants were subject, like we're oppressed. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm only real hard on that because I know that. I know what the X-Men is supposed to represent. Oppressed, marginalized people. (coughs) Black people in America. Kind of, you know? Yeah. So it's just like, I I still feel like, nah, the mutants was done wrong. Machines, y'all just came out of no fucking way. (laughs) Acting like babies. It's to say, nah, we're going to take, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, toast my bread, nigga. (laughs) Fuck your opinion. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was joking. <laughs> Don't kill yeah. the iPhone. I mean, I guess like obviously they're not talking about just their toasters and shit yeah, and yeah. coffee makers. It is, you know, in the idea, if you're going to take the premise that AI is evolving and at some point they're going to be sentient at this, like they'd be, we'd still probably use them for the shit that we use. We, they'd still be phones to us. Right. Down the line. And they'd they'd feel I, away. Yeah, I guess it's blurring the line between like what is human at a certain point of, in the stages of evolution, how far along you become. 
it's it's pretty wild. <laughs> uh, I, I think the the funny thing is I think another way to look at it is is it kind of prove. Wait, what did you say? Because I I need to hear what you said again. <laughs> I said like as like AI like we, we had this premise of AI evolving, and the more it evolves, like the more we just use it, we'll probably still just use them right, for right, a long right. time. It just kind of blurs the line of what it means to be human. Okay, okay, ba- boom. Okay, I would argue that if anything, it it further defines what it is to be human because they achieve that sentience and mm-hmm. are almost fundamentally flawed because if you have emotion, you cannot always function with 100% logic yeah. that machines are supposed to do. And they're yeah. not. We've seen that the whole series. So I'm not necessarily disagreeing. I think it's just one of those things where you could look at it both ways and yeah. it, it makes sense. It's like it it both shows how, you know, the 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 dick uh the the deterioration of humanity mm-hmm. or at least like lesser versions of it, like how you said, like at different states. And it also shows like, you know what, this is also the things we all share that make us human, those yeah. flaws. And flaws aren't necessarily a negative thing depending on the context, and especially mm-hmm. not in this context. If we're all flawed, then everything's fine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> For whatever reason, like, the machines will eventually feel that they've been oppressed as much as other humans and mutants have done to each other. So, And that's yeah. the future they come from, in theory. Uh, and that's what drives all of this. It's a, it's a very weird thing. Very three-way battle against i guess oppression and also i guess evolution to a degree is yeah. kind of wild um yeah it's it is ironic because like the x men have been trying to stop this form of evolution just like humans have been trying to start stop mutants who were their next stage of evolution i think that's the big round wow that's the big circle here oh yeah because they say you tried to stomp us out at every chance yeah and I was like, well, because you guys are going to kill everybody. But, you know, maybe I didn't think about it, man. Maybe them acting that way is just a reaction. Obviously, the writing in the 80s or whatever time period it was when Days of Future Past came out, it wasn't about that. It was really just a matter of, oh, you kill mutants, humans make mutants. So we have to kill them, too. It was way more straightforward, but yeah. you could argue that that was maybe like also in the back of the mind, or mm-hmm. at least that would have been a thought that happened eventually. Yeah. Like, oh, you fuck you guys. You guys are trying to shut us down and won't let us be us. I see it. Yeah. I see it, and I agree 100%. Yeah. Hickman, guys. He- Good. <laughs> I still feel like the mutants aren't fucked up. It's no. just a matter of like circumstance, you well, know? Everything in their future has pointed to the fact that these machines are going to kill everyone. So right. Not, I guess in theory they have cause, but you know, you could always argue that that future hasn't really played out yet. No, right. And that, so. that is important because that it's, it's it, to be frank, it's not an excuse. Yeah. It's for, for murder. If anything, it's an excuse to think harder and figure something out. Yeah. Well, Anyway, I suppose we should move on before yeah, we start yeah, we going should, in circles because yeah, there's actually a little bit more left to really go over. Uh, so we cut back to Mystique and Moira just talking shit, and they're about to kill her. They're like, yeah, you're gone now, buddy. And uh, guess who interrupts but Cypher himself? He pulls up like all confident, like, who is this Cypher? He pulls up like, That's I a would- married man. Oh, he is a Meyer. Yeah, he's uh, he a very assured and a mature man now. <laughs> he pulls up like, 
hey, guys, I'm here to stop this whole thing. And Mystique's like, little boy, get out of here. Yo, she's so brave. She's so brazen. <laughs> she, like, for, for someone like, that, like, get out of here. that can only change into other people, she really feels like she could beat everyone. And Hickman facilitates that. Well, to be fair, uh, Cypher's not really the fighter type. Uh, he's, uh, he's just a boy. Uh, remember that Ten of Swords where he was just like, I'm so scared. I don't want to fuck. I'd rather get married to this, <laughs> this stranger. Uh, so, yeah, she he's just like all of a sudden just uh, all confident and brazen. She pulls out his knife. He's like, I'll fucking kill. I'll cut you. I'll cut you good. And uh, Destiny's like, yo, chill, 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 chill. I'm blind to this moment. I can't really see the future. This boy brings chaos and the breaking of time. Oh, God. <laughs> I read that. I was like, whoa. <laughs> Damn. Oh, shit. Destiny's scared. <laughs> yeah, because Destiny at this point, now that they have Moira, this is like a real breaking point. Like, ever since they took her, the future, She every time she looks into the future, it's something different. I think she used the word nexus, which yeah, is. This is a big nexus point. I like that they're, like, defining that. Yeah. I like when they do that when they when they make something up in the MCU that is actually cool, mm-hmm. and then they kind of like reinforce it in the comics. They're like, no, 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 like that was a good idea. Let's let's keep that going. Let's use this. Well, the idea of a nexus like point is like a like a time thing. This is a point. it's a clean way of saying. It's a clean cut way of putting it, in my opinion. Yeah. Whereas definitely. before it was just they would have just used a bunch of different words. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's the tachyon the tachyon is different now. Yeah, something extra but yeah. 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 The extra dimensional universal <laughs> line time. Yeah. The all the timelines are, 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 are moving weird. I can't see the in no. All like, the timelines like, are contrigulated. Like, oh, nah, this is the nexus point. This is like if if it, I like that. It makes sense because it obscures the view of any anybody that could see into the future. Yeah, basically. Um, so, you know, they're just like, you don't understand what this woman is, Cypher. He's like, oh, I get it because I've been spying on you this entire time. I, I've had access to this no place from the very beginning. So I know exactly what's going on here. I don't need to understand every language to know what the fuck is going on here. (laughs) Yo, Mystique, (laughs) Mystique can't help being like the most gangster person in this comic. She, well, aside from Eric. Yeah. But look who, but I mean, I was his right hand man. Yeah. Uh, so she's like, she has to die. And he's like, I don't think so. I say she doesn't. Um, <laughs> she's, I see. Well, then I have a new plan. I just came <laughs> I just came up with it. How about I kill you first? No, he said, no, I kill you first and save you the burden of having anything to do with this. We'll bring you back you tomorrow, first? good as new and born again into a better world. You know what? That was nice. Yeah. She was like, we'll bring you back, bro. It's fine. And Cypher is like, you think I'd be that easy to kill? And she's like, child, you are a problem I could solve before I wake up in the morning. Ah, shut up. He has <laughs> Warlock with him. You can't. You won't ever beat Warlock. Shut the fuck up, Mystique. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Well. Does yeah, she not know yeah, he has but, a rollout with him? But she's talking about. He has a phalanx with him. This is true. She's talking about. Shit is beyond robot. She's talking about fucking Cypher by himself. She's not talking about... No, his arm is... She's very ignorant then. Come yeah. on, man. Look at his fucking arm. You can see... I can see it. His arm is Warlock, no, which no, is no. Like, a half mutant, like, half no, techno like, god. She, like, take... <laughs> Like legit he's talking about like you know like take off warlock and like put him like like yeah, on but why wall. would he do that 
Do you understand <laughs> Warlock can do anything? You know, Chris said he's a techno god. He is. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, she's like, I could take you on anytime, but like, yo, leave your friend like, over take, there. Yeah, take <laughs> to put him over there. Right. And well, I'll eat you for breakfast. It's not just that. Uh, he also has Bay the Blood Moon with him. She pulled up his wifey. Right. Uh, and Krakoa himself. Yeah, Krakoa's in the background, like, what'd you say, bitch? You're going to kill my mates. So, you know, Warlock, Warlock also comes out of his arm. And he's like, hello, friend. I'm, I'm here to fight as well. You got to go through me. Uh, yes, you have to go through self. Yeah, <laughs> you have to go through self. Uh, and uh, at that point, uh, Destiny's like, all right, well, the way I see it now with the future thing, we have three possibilities. Uh, the way it goes is that we either kill the boy uh, and fail because you have both Krakoa and Bay the Blood Moon on your side. So you will die. I'll be all right, though. <laughs> they'll, rev- they'll revive you, like, in a few months, but I'm going to die for whatever reason. Yeah, no. They, and then they won't re- bring yeah. me back. <laughs> yeah, Destiny is like, they'll definitely kill me and never resurrect me again. <laughs> they'll kill you and probably resurrect you three years from now. Uh, so, you know, he's like, wait, that was the second option. What was the first one? Uh, he says... Okay, so we can kill... Okay, if they kill Moira only, uh, the price is that, like, Mystique will be exiled and at some point, Destiny will die and they'll never resurrect her. Uh, The second one is what we said, is that we tried to kill the boy. They'll fail. I'll remain on the council, but you'll probably not be resurrected for, like, three years. She said, you will will fail. And then she said, you will die. I will not. You know what that means. She stood there and watched. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> As a wife, she's not gonna fight. Got fucking filleted alive by an Arakan and Robo God, <laughs> basically, and this tree guy up there. Yeah, Destiny is not getting involved. Uh, and the third one is yeah. The boy. She's like, I'm not stupid. I'm not Black Widow or these other fucking. <laughs> I'm clowns. not Hawkeye. I'm not. I just see the future. That's it. And look cute. Yeah, <laughs> and that's it. I, I do one thing. I see the future. Look fabulous. And I'm your wife. That's, and I'm also your wife. Yeah. And I got this cool mask, this Hickmanian mask. Yeah. Is um, it? Is it? A, uh, I think that's I her real no, mask. No. I feel like but Hickman loved it. I yeah, feel like I'm sure. If it wasn't for her look, she would not. <laughs> she would not be a part yeah, of the story. Yeah. Um, the for third sure. and final option, which is what they go with, is that they just called the whole thing off. Um, everybody keeps their power. Uh, everybody wins, kind of, sorta. Uh, nobody dies, and uh, Cipher's like, "Cool." Yeah, we let Moira go. She lives her life, and then you know, and, uh, you know we just take this L real fast. Um, Cipher's like, "Yeah, yeah, that's the best possible option. <laughs> this is actually what I wanted. I did not want any other thing to happen." <laughs> Meanwhile, Beta Blood Moon is like, "Please, option two. Ooh, Please. say do something to my man's." Please oh, do that. God, to, do something to my husband. Flinch towards him or something. Yeah. Like, ooh, <laughs> this spear hasn't tasted blood in several moons. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Uh, it's funny. Okay, so uh, you know, I love the Iraqi people, man. They they go <laughs> they go hard and then they kill people. They- yeah, that's why X Men is trash. <laughs> why? Did you read it? I didn't read it. Oh, <laughs> mutant man! Oh yeah, Captain Krakow. I oh heard of my him. god! No, that's nothing. That's nothing. You're gonna see. 
Actually, oh. it's kind of fire, but it's also kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I feel that. All right. So, you know, everything's okay. Uh, Cypher equips a piece of warlock on uh, Moira, gives her a warlock arm, which is kind of cool. Uh, she's like, your way of keeping tabs on me, Douglas? And he's like, well, you need two arms. <laughs> this is a good way to keep, you know, you with two arms. And also, I just saved your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, basically, he's like, all right, so... Krakoa will probably let you use this gate one more time, and then we're going to destroy this whole place. So, you know, go for it. <laughs> uh, so, you know, Mora goes off into the wind. She is now human. She don't. She no longer has her powers at all. So that means she cannot be found by Cerebro, and she will not be resurrected should she die. Um, mm. So, yeah, she runs off, and uh, Destiny and, and Mystique are so mad. <laughs> Oh, quick, quick note. I remember before we um, I mentioned about how Eric, I mean, how Charles was saying that, yo, like we die. Like, well, basically he was saying that it's not worth losing oh, yeah. the, the, the memory, right? That mm-hmm. we should try to trust them. And that's why it was so critical because they don't know. They, they're going to think that, all right, Orca still has her. But even if they find out that's not the case, they have no fucking clue what happened. Yeah, they have no way of finding Zero. her. They don't know she's human right now. Mm-hmm. She no longer has her powers. Yeah, but can't Cypher just like tell them? If he well, wants he to. does not. Yeah, he does not necessarily have the best trust. They don't know that he knows. That was about implied from the beginning that he was. That's the whole reason he even played a part in this this in the decision making here because. He didn't trust Charles. Yeah, it was revealed in Which the last. Which is crazy. Not even Magneto. He didn't trust Charles. And again, this is another reminder that X Men the movie from Fox is totally different from X Men the comic book series. Yeah. And guess what? Charles Xavier was an asshole, <laughs> just as bad as Magneto. Basically, just less mass murder. Yeah, not a murderer. Just a bad, irresponsible headmaster at best. Incredibly <laughs> irresponsible. Yeah, but wouldn't like him not telling them put like Krakoa in really like really bad positions? No, not necessarily. Because look, at the end of the day, they're gonna still have their army. They're gonna still fight who they fight. And um, Charles and Magneto was a detractor, as far as um, Wizkid looks at it. I know that's not his name. Which Cipher? Cipher, yeah. Well, you know, they Cipher. Cipher's whole thing is that well, he was also correct in not trusting them because he would like they don't know that he knows. So you know, he already knew that they would have secrets, and they do, they asked him to create a place that nobody, even Krakoa, would know about. So in theory, the no place they were already trying to take advantage of Krakoa, the yeah. no place that they're currently in, is a sprout off of Krakoa that is the only part of Krakoa that it would not be aware of. So they're using that. They use that place to hide Moira, in a place where Krakoa wouldn't know. But Cipher knew because he's been fusing with Warlock a little bit, and these no places, while Krakoa himself has no knowledge of it. Warlock can see into these things. Right, because Warlock and Krakoa have a symbiotic relationship, essentially. Yes. They both feed off... They In the beginning, they both fed off of each other to grow and build and make which all is, the habitats and stuff. Which is super interesting to think about when you think about the theme of AI advancing. Oh. And him and Krakoa merging a little bit 
each having a piece of each other within them. The trickster titan. Um, I'm just gonna say like Cipher is probably my top know. for X Men. I really like. I mean, he's really I, turned himself around. Every time no, I Cipher's see, dope. Every time I see, every time I read something related to Cipher, it's always cool. I'm uh, starting to realize that the new mutants are actually really, really dope, and they're more than just Ileana. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Even uh, though they'll make you feel like she's the only one that really <laughs> matters, the old crew is pretty dope. Yeah. Um, so I guess we should close this out. Uh, a week later, uh, Xavier and Magneto are resurrected. We get that a scene. A whole week later. Yeah, we get that scene from the very beginning of Inferno where it looks like Emma Frost has resurrected both of them in the same style that Magneto did way back in the beginning of House of X. Um, very cool. And they're like, what happened? What have you done? And Emma reveals that she has told everyone on the council their secret about Moira, the whole thing about the 10 timelines. Uh, <laughs> they all know now. And uh, now the entire council of 10 is working towards a better future, I hope, um, which is pretty interesting going forward um, because the only ones who knew up to this point were obviously Magneto and Charles. Now the entire upper establishment of the government in Krakoa knows. Uh, very cool. Um, very nice. Very nice. And uh, Colossus, I guess I was wrong about that little theory. I thought that. Yo, I gotta read X Force. That's what's gotta happen. I don't. I, <laughs> I feel like that situation still was not resolved. Yeah, I feel. I feel like they don't know still. Because I'm gonna tell you this: when I looked at the cover of X Factor. It didn't look like there was resolving any issues with, with Russian people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll have to find out to see what's going on with Piotr. Although I don't the mind. trustworthy. I'm telling you. It's I like Colossus. I love Colossus. He's dope too, but he is uh, he is compromised. He's a fucking yeah. We'll have to see. I mean, this mole. works. This work seems this seems to like work outside of what's going on. So this could have been before or after X. Beast was right. Beast was right. To put him on that path of shame. Beast was Honestly, right. never. Never Not will no. we say that. Um big old like little um you know, Hickmanian end speech for the comic. Yeah, it wasn't uh, that impressive, TBH. Yeah. Someone says it ends with him saying that we built the walls high and locked ourselves inside forever, meaning the utopia of Krakoa. So Going forward, I wonder if this means is they're going to be even more isolationist, uh, very much more to themselves, not really interacting with humans. And that's where Inferno ends, and we get a continuation going into Immortal X-Men. Uh, I don't know. Interesting. I don't remember who's writing this, uh, but I guess it'll be the big mainstay uh, X-Men title going forward. Uh, uh and that's where Inferno ends, and this is the last time we'll hang with Hickman mm. until he feels okay to come back to it. When we started our podcast, did X-Men start? Yeah, we started covering this era of X-Men shortly after this, the podcast started. Very shortly after, right? It was like a, maybe a month because we were just like a month out of uh, the Hickman run starting. So we were covering this from... Way back when the very genesis of House of pa House and Powers of X, yeah, man, uh, we covered every issue pretty much. Not recently, but every issue of X Men, like the entire pantheon of X Men up to this point, and um, yeah, I don't know how we're gonna do this going forward because now we're gonna be entering kind of a, a purgatory state where we don't know when the story is truly gonna be 
pushing forward with uh, Hickman's original vision as he is leaving uh, to allow his staff of writers to just kind of like have free reign over the sandbox he's created. Um, which There's you know, nothing inherently wrong with it unless exactly. you look at it as if it ain't Jonathan Hickman, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But even then, that doesn't make it, it wrong. It just... It just means that, hey, like, I don't know what to say to that, bro. I really don't. Um, I was, we talked about this already, but I was really upset. I feel like it's it's not going to really be the X-Men we, we thought it was going to be until he wraps it up. And even when he wraps it up, all it feels like it's just bullshit happening. Like, I get the impression that everything that's going to happen between I mean, between after this and before, and right before he does his event, it's not going to matter, bro. And the reason I say that is because reading over the other series, they mattered, but only marginally. Like, can you really say that after reading Inferno that anything that happened in Excalibur matters? Mm, I think that's... um. I guess like uh, the bigger mainstay story of Ten Ten of Swords, but if you get into like the real granular stories, right, 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 of everything that's going on, they probably don't matter as much. And you know, how at, about this? Oh, you wanna... at that point, it's just I don't want to fault it too much because there have been good stories coming out of these guys, and that's kinda, for sure. I kind of feel like this has been the point of this era is just kind of revitalize. Uh, the X-Men books who have been going through a tumultuous time in terms of creative teams and directions. Uh, and it feels like this is the first time in years that the X-Men have been pushing towards some kind of a singular vision. So that and it's good in that right. And I don't want to like disparage what's going to come later because um, there have been good stuff to come out of this. And it looks like there's some interesting stuff going forward. Size barriers coming back to finish off what he started with uh, with his Way of X run. Mm-hmm. There's going to be this Immortal X-Men thing, which I feel like I won't say that no story is probably going to push the story forward. It's just probably going to be a lot more gradual these days. I hope. I, I hope the story, the overall narrative is pushed. I mean, the thing that tied everything together, in my opinion, was simply one page, which was the list at the end mm-hmm. that made you feel like this was a continuous story being told and only until the not the very end but just before the very end did we really it didn't no honestly bro for me person i don't know about you but for me when hickman announced that like he was gonna step away and then come back later on and then kind of got into like you know what happened with the other series he he said it himself that at first the plan was that everything was going to be gearing towards you know the 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 main story and then because of the pandemic it fucked everything up and people just it was just smarter it was more efficient to for for everyone to kind of just work on their own stories at the time so this wasn't even the design you know Mm -hmm. so it was cool but moving forward it's like you know you know that if they try to say anything like oh like if they try to make another list it's bullshit bro it's bullshit. Mm. It doesn't matter. And I know that because we have it's they set a precedent where really between the books, it was so rare that like 
something that happened previously. Like if Excalibur came out a week before and then something else came out a week after and it was like later down on the reading list, it didn't matter. It didn't fucking matter, bro. They've made small references, which was nice, you know, that, but they do that in comics all the time. And they've mm-hmm. been better about that in comics in the past like 15 years or so, you know? Where they don't treat everybody like they're their own universe. Like I used to be so mad about. Yeah. Um Yeah. I mean I'm I'm all right. I just want to cap this thought off. Yeah. yeah. Just so I you know, I could be finished with what I gotta say. I was overall disappointed with this event. Mm. I was, and it's only because I hold Jonathan Hickman to a very high standard. And the only reason I'm not really hurt by the disappointment, like with other series. Um, is that I know that the, that Jonathan Hickman was a, not only a victim of circumstance, but this was not the purpose. You know, once they decided that they were going to just make this a series by you know series by series format, that already he you I know it. I know he was already like, oh, okay, <laughs> you guys do you. Let me know when y'all ready to wrap this up. So you know, it tarnishes it tarnishes the whole thing. And I that was the thing I loved most about this whole X-Men series was that I felt like everything was connected. And now I know that no matter what they say, it just will not be the case unless they prove it. It's a lot of money to spend on a maybe. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't want to be like overly pessimistic about it. I don't want to like let the exterior news of what we know kind of like sour what what was a pretty solid run of good comics um as far as like the story not mattering i think it's very true that like you know now because of it's like kind of more chill space like chill pace i mean is just gonna be like it's gonna it's gonna feel like a lot of disconnected stuff going on and it's not gonna feel like anything's progressing because in theory it's not maybe but um, I don't know, man. It, it it is rough, and I don't want to say that Hickman like saw that all these new writers were being able to jump on, and then just got turned off by the idea. I would like to think that like he did have a vision, and he still does. But you know, like the writers that he employed, because I'm I'm I believe that he chose everybody to write everything here. Most of them, anyway. Right? Yeah. So, like, I, I, if not all, and, yeah. and they all had to run their ideas by him to make sure they fit in the mold. And I think they probably still will have to, to a degree. I think like they won't be able to stray from his original vision all that much. They can fuck around and do this free roam thing that they want to do, but they it all has to still be in service of what the finale of this whole thing is supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, I'm not super as bothered by it because it was always supposed to be a slow burn. Uh, Hickman has always been right, like, right. yo, this is like a, th- it's a three year story, I guess, but it's just going to be That's a little longer a now. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. He's never been one to sit still. And it's also part of the idea that he doesn't get paid to write just regular books. He has to, from what I understand, from what he said in his statement is that he gets paid for big events, like the big Marvel shifting events, essentially. So, you know, it, it he can't be writing for free essentially. No, no, yeah, yeah. yeah that's I'm glad you said that because that's what I was going to say. If you didn't, that's 
And that's why I understand Hick, uh, Hickman, and I don't. I'm not upset about any of this personally. I'm just a little disappointed because I wanted things to be perfect. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know, I mean, you that's know. life. Yeah. As far as this event goes, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, it, I feel like it was just supposed to be like end of the first act, going into second act, and then we're supposed to get a finale at some point. So this is a more of a transitional thing into a new era within the new era. Mm. But ne- because this is the last thing of form of progression we'll see, it just feels more disappointing than it probably would have been uh, had we had a Hickman not just been like, I'm out. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's all I got to say about Inferno. Uh, not a bad series overall. And hopefully, no, it wasn't a bad series overall. Hopefully. I was, what I meant when I said disappointed, by the way, I meant like, yeah the overall my intentions that my my you know what i thought it was going to be yeah but it's fine yeah i mean you know hopefully it reads better one day when we all read it together right. um but that's all i got to say i guess we should move on to our final thing uh mm-hmm. brian hit the one shot drop it's one on the shot. first page <laughs> one shot drop oh, oh there it is one shot. Nice. Uh, we're we're gonna do a quick casual chat. Uh, we had a little bit of time, I think, today. Uh, hopefully, it's not that late. Eh, it is what it is. Uh, but <laughs> at this point, really quick, I wanted to talk about uh, a a little manga that we've been reading. Me and Brian, especially, we've started reading a uh, Shoha Shoten, um, which is by- I've been reading it too. You just started it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah, I got John. I, I told John, read it. <laughs> but it's really a, a manga about stand up comedy in Japan, which um, is. Uh, Apparently, they're stuck 20 years in the past because no. they're still doing prop stuff. And Well, it's interesting. I think, like, uh, well, comedy is different wherever the For region sure, you go. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's about these kids that um, one of them just, like, submits jokes into into like this game show he's known as a uh, everyday what was it everyday shin something like that uh and he's like uh he's just this joke writer and he comes across this performer more performer comedian and they decided to they decide to come together and create a comedy duo um and that's kind of the long and short of it um there's a little bit of a deeper like emotional a uh, character thing going on with uh, the every day every day shijimi every day shijimi shijimi is that not kind of mushroom never mind i don't know <laughs> um but yeah it's a bit of an emotional thing where the kid is just kind of like trying to branch out and be more brave after like when his like childhood sweetheart like moves away and he didn't get to, a chance to tell her how he feels or like get a chance to make her laugh now he's just kind of obsessed with like making the world laugh, being a comedian. Uh, and I thought I, it's, it's, I don't know the writer. I believe the writer is a new guy, but um, <laughs> yeah, I guess every day Shijimi, Shijimi is a mushroom. Shamiji. No, it, it's, it's a clam. It's a clam. Oh. Oh, everyday clam. <laughs> oh, these are called oyster mushrooms. Shijimi. Oh. Yeah. It's like a white beach mushroom. Shellfish. Oyster. Yeah. Wow. Used in Japanese cuisine. Ooh. Um, but yeah, that's the long and short of it. It's only four chapters in. It's a monthly series. I don't know who the writer is, but the artist is uh, Takashi Obata from uh, Death Note, Bakuman, Platinum End fame, All You Need Is Kill. Uh, one of the best working manga artists to date. All You Need Is Kill. What is that? 
It was uh What is that? It's from fuck. It was a limited series that was based on a book that became a movie starring Tom Cruise. Yeah, you remember that? It's like the guy who dies. Oh and then yeah, he yeah, 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 yeah. Like Groundhog Day. Day, but yeah, yeah, very deadly. But Yo, the movie was actually lit, man. I've heard. They did. It wasn't exactly like the anime, but I mean, like the like the manga. But I've heard they, it was, was good. good. It was. It was. I, I thought it was really it. interesting. I didn't get to see it, unfortunately. Why? It came on it. TV mad times. Damn, I don't have cable. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, um, yeah. I mean, it's not like a, you ain't missing out. I'd like to. But see if it, you though. see it, yeah, it's yeah, good. it's it's good. Okay. I think so, it's interesting. So the writer for Shoha is seems like he he only really had one manga before this and it was it looks like it's a slice of life so mm. this is kind of his specialty yeah he's he's great uh both of these uh, all the four chapters that have come out so far are very like fun to read very interesting uh i don't know any i i kind of knew going in that like comedy in japan stand up specifically is more like sketch team based it's not that over here uh it's, for the most part, it's hard. It's harder in my opinion. Well, like, uh, no, I don't, I don't know. know. I'm, I'm ignorant uh, to it. Well, look, I, I do, I do stand up. Uh, I've done stand up for seven years here in the city. I'm not anybody special. I'm an open micer, but um, he's literally the second coming of Jesus. No, Christ stop it. When it comes to <laughs> stop it. No, but yeah, uh, yeah. I can tell you that it's not a very uh, um, unless you're an improv. It's not a very uh, share the stage art stand up. So I was like actually kind of interested to see that you know just off of that alone right like yeah the how the dynamic works yeah uh and i like how they it's split like key and peel basically just yeah. with not a tv show <laughs> yeah definitely it's on the spot not 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 record pre-recorded skits yeah. yeah so the everyday shijimi kid is writing the sketches for the most part and uh the other kid i forget his name but you know, Hoji Homojiki? Homojiki? Homojiki, I think. Homojiki? No way. I, I'm telling you, it's like. I thought Hero, it was like Herojiki. Well, he, the other kid that is on this team, he's more of a big performer. Uh, so, you know, Shijimi takes care of everything behind the scenes. Uh, and the performer comedian is more about bringing those sketches to life. Just with but his... they both perform on stage. Yes, they, they both, both perform. It's just that you know, yeah, they they have clear roles. Uh, his name is Teda, I think. Teda, Teda, I think yeah, so. Teda something. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. Um, getting into this, I guess. Um, I do. I, I want to say before, I guess, going into it, I very much recommend this series. Um, it's an interesting way to get into like a separate culture, like a different facet. Of a of a thing that's very yeah. absorbed here, and see how it works on the other side, um, and how it's kind of expressed. It's very different from here. There's a lot of slapstick that is more appreciated. Uh, there's a lot more puns. Yeah, it's it's you know, and it's funny because like I would think going into this, I was like a lot of the jokes. I'm not expecting this to really make me laugh all that much. Because I feel like a lot of the jokes will be lost in translation. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I was worried barrier. about that too initially. Yeah, the thing about um, Japanese, Japanese like translation, like when it comes to like you know very specific things like jokes and stuff like that, it it's super easy for stuff like that to get lost in translation because mm -hmm. there's a lot of different like um, phrasings in Japan. Like there's yeah. a lot of different phrasings for like pronouns, a lot of different phrasings for. Um, like there, it's and it's all situational. Like it only applies in Japanese language. So mm -hmm. right, and, and specific to that, right? I mean, 
even even if you look at why the puns are so much funnier to them and why it's like a thing more so than anywhere else in the world, is because of the way their language works and the writing. Like when they have the kanji and that, like pun, it's like and slang I, too. You know, I, I'm not gonna lie. Like their comedy is is more is deeper in my opinion because mm-hmm. of stuff like that because. It's not something you just hear and you're like, oh, ho, 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 that's ruddy. <laughs> you kind of had to like already have a certain understanding of things and have a certain level of you like, like relate to it. smartness. I guess that's another way to put it. But I feel like you can't just be this dummy. <laughs> and 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 it's it's like in Japan, it comes natural because they live the culture. But as as someone coming from outside of it, you kind you have it's like a, almost like a challenge. To understand it, whereas opposed to like with America, I don't know, like American comedy, you just it's really reliant on understanding what the situation he's talking about is. Where I feel like with the Japanese comedy, it's more like mathematical, like it's funny everywhere, even though as long as you understand why it's supposed to be funny. Mm-hmm. Where again, whereas like I don't know, like it's it's like Mozart and fucking um um what's the other composer? Beethoven. Beethoven, where one is just very mathematical and the other one's super emotional. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So like, but I think the mathematical. Oh, oh sorry, shit, guys. That shit, <laughs> that's my alarm to wake up. I just feel like I fucking woke up in bed. Or right? yeah, <laughs> like right. I'm like, well, what the fuck? Am I awake right now? Yeah. You know what? I just realized I'm kind of talking out of my. I really don't know about the comedy scene. I don't really know much about the. I just feel like you had to. You have a, you need to have a little bit more depth of understanding as yeah. opposed to watching a Kevin Hart stand up and you're just like, oh, he's making fun of himself. He's short. <laughs> I love Kevin Hart, by the way. Yeah. Uh, um, I think the comedian, not the person. I think it's a context. I mean, if you understand the context of like, because we've been reading manga since we were children. So we right, just right. Like so we get certain. Get things. their style yeah, yeah. of humor. So it, it was cool to see that like, oh, it's it is consistent. It's very similar to the jokes that are in a lot of manga. Um, I will say, like, a lot of this is also a testament to, like, Obata's art. He's like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, like, the artist for One Punch Man, uh, Yusuke Murata, is the best overall artist that in manga. But Takashi Obata has got to be, like, the most versatile manga artist to exist. Like, even looking back at his work in Bakuman, yeah. where he's drawing in so many people's like different and unique styles detailed um yeah. um um you know loose more like uh, sketchy ske- right, like yo like he's sh- just a master class and you know you know in this it's so perfect because he he, he has that like light bakuman-esque art style to it but he it's so molding it's more expressive yeah it's so like uh so malleable to the expressions and just like really trying to nail the humor in a performance like that performance kid, I forget his name. The fa- uh, he does an incredible job with the with the facial expressions. Yeah, they're not over the top anime, you know, ones. Mm-hmm. They're like they're almost realistic, you mm-hmm. know. But but because he's still drawing it, so it's not you know people don't really look like that. But like you know, I mean, just here, like the way he's cheesing and smiling, he's looking at his friend. Mm-hmm. That's he did a great job, like. Put me like like how he like I could relate exactly to that feeling, even though I've never done something like that before. Yeah, you know? this manga they're is- like, "Yo, we killing this shit right now, man!" <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. This manga has made me smile a lot, just because like it's it's such a nice story. It it really does have Bakuman vibes, where 
I'm like, this is just nice. <laughs> this is just a nice story, and I appreciate it. Um, in any case, there's like little um, technical. They they try to get into like the technicalities of manga, um, oh, not manga of comedy, uh, and. In my experience, I, I I guess I I see where they're coming from a lot of the time. Uh, they try to like mangafy it a lot, where yeah. it's just like it's almost like a power system where they're like these are the little <laughs> things we do, you know. We, the uh, we have the context of um, little challenges of like uh, tailoring comedy for a very specific audience, and that's kind of a thing. Um, there's the idea of right now in the current story they're talking about dealing with uh biased audiences for the most part like audiences that don't really want are not there for you but they're there for their friends and they will always find their friends funnier than you which is uh somewhat it's 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 a common thing i've seen it it's not as easily uh, overcomable because if you don't want to laugh it's very easy to never laugh uh, especially at a comedy show where people are trying to make you um but yeah, I, I appreciate the little like uh, technical attempts they try to make at explaining how it works, and um, I f- I feel that's really cool. I'm very much looking forward to seeing what happens going forward. Um, them dealing with their first real bomb, things like that. I'm excited about it. Um, Brian, do you have uh, more thoughts? I fucking love this manga, man. It's my f- it's probably probably my favorite new manga. Like, just reading it every time, I always have a good time. Yeah. The second chapter, I've told these two before. It's it was probably one of my favorite chapters of the last year. Was um, was that the chapter where he was talking to his parents? Yeah. yeah. Yo, I, yeah. I was that crying. chapter. That chapter. I, it's such a memorable chapter, just because like it. That was the chapter that solidified that this this uh series was different than i thought it was going to be yeah because it wasn't it wasn't just like a slapstick manga like about following your dreams and shit it's like this one this that chapter brought this series into like a kind of more grounded reality you know what i mean like it like it set a tone for the series it wasn't just you tell jokes and people laugh it Mm -hmm. was and uh it wasn't just you follow your dreams and they come true it's like it show it was a chapter about like discovering what your dreams really are and committing to it no matter what you know like through it all and what success in your in following your dreams really means um that's how i took it just because like the dad was he was a musician but he was like kind of terrible mm-hmm. and he wasn't that great and his that's how he met his wife and um and at the end of the chapter she mentions like you you still do your job and your job your dream is actually to inspire people mm-hmm. and yeah. like it's it's like rediscovering your 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 talents and like this series is just so good at those like small char- like these character writing moments and i have to really give big ups to to the writer because like with a series like this you have to be very careful about how you write because um, if you're not careful with these, like the series, it all depends on character. Like this series specifically out of most life, like um, slice of life stuff, 
This series specifically relies a lot on on character the most, just mm-hmm. because it's also about comedy. It's about following your dreams and pursuing like a uh, uh, a dream all about your personality. Mm-hmm. I mean, what separates it, and and I and I kind of think I'm going to be continuing your point, maybe further articulating what you're trying to say, where it's like this series stands out from other slice of life manga because it's. Again, similar to Bakuman, it's very defined, you know? I mean, obviously, the character wants to get the girl. You know what I'm saying? That's that was, But I don't feel like that's the primary goal here. I really yeah. do believe the goal is for them to be successful musicians, and he hopes he could find her and, you know, tell her that funny joke or whatever. But, you know, there was... It's funny because the, the part I took the most out from Chapter 2 was when he talked about his friends when he came to the realization that he wasn't going to be a musician anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the line word for word, but it made me think really hard. And he was just like, yo, like friends need to be responsible too when they're encouraging other friends. Cause you know, I didn't realize it while I was reading it, but then he says, yo, 15 years of my life went by. Meanwhile, y'all niggas is good. Y'all, are very secure, have good, decent, at least decent jobs, probably got kids and shit maybe. 15 years from after college, I haven't even, I'm not even 15 years past like <laughs> high school and college and shit, you know? So yeah. like, I can't even imagine. I have not gone hard at anything in my life for that long, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So like, it was, it was, it was crazy because it was like, it's like this sobering, reality hit and it's like not only did he have to come to terms with it he had to check his friends like man like yo i'm not saying y'all bad friends they didn't get into all of this but i can assume that it's not about them being bad friends it's that like yo like i can't allow you guys to make me feel better about myself and then allow me to keep driving myself down this road that's not gonna fucking go nowhere like Mm -hmm. i'm not good enough something's gotta change and you guys need to stop treated me as if like like that i've actually started learning that a lot more recently it's not about just friends but you know when you care about people you're gonna you're gonna tell them how you feel about something yo straight up mm-hmm. you know unless you feel like what you're gonna tell them is only gonna hurt their feelings and not really help then you know you have tact right yeah. but like yo it's i thought that was really mature coming from this series and it's not that i wasn't expecting that kind of writing as mm-hmm. a matter of fact it's that kind of writing that makes any slice of life type of manga worth reading, you mm-hmm. know? Otherwise, you're just dicking around in high school and like it was harems and shit. You'll, you you'll know what I'm saying? Which you'll is be fun, but that's most slice of life. Right. Which I don't really, that's not my cup of tea, just the high school slice of life comedy stuff. I think we're all kind of grown, so it's not really. Even when I was in high school, like. I loved it in high school. I wished I lived in a, I wish I went to a Japanese high school and had clubs (laughs) and all that extra shit. Had a harem. Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Had a harem. Had a harem. You know. But uh, the curse of the harem is that I'm not aware that I have a harem. (laughs) Yeah, that. Oh man, uh, oh, she's always so close to me at all times. How is this possible? Well, yeah, this chap, this this series is uh, fantastic so far. Um, I love the art, I love the writing, and I am really excited to see what they're going to do next with this like rival. Yeah, team. I like that they're like. Uh, 
Yeah, I like that it's monthly too. It's not like weekly. I wish it wasn't monthly. I, I feel like it it's wasn't. good monthly because like a weekly slice of life series. I feel like that's all I've ever had. Oh a good God, one. yeah, and you know the other series got dry really fast yeah. because it was weekly, and I, I liked it a lot, man. Nisekoi, Nisekoi uh, was dope, but N- only because I read awesome. it to the very end. I didn't, I didn't have to like catch up to it or nothing. Yeah, I was able to read it straight through, and it yeah. was a beautiful story. Yeah, Nisekoi is great. Oh my God, when he fucking opens the locket and sees who it was. Bro, I, I I can't relate to that, but I feel like I could relate to that feeling he had, mm-hmm. man. Totally off the rails, guys, but oh my God, you want to talk about pain, real fucking pain. Pain. Dude, scratches. Dude, you if you get punched in the fucking face, guess what? In a week or so, if, as long as you're doing everything you're supposed to do, you're going to feel better, man dog emotional pain that shit could stay with you forever if you don't do the right things yeah but in any case uh i think shoha shoten is a is a very fun manga we're only four chapters in uh it's only been out for four months it comes out concurrently with world trigger which is why I like oh nice yeah, yeah they're in the same magazine basically okay um so what about kaiju number eight is that the same uh comes jump? out weekly every yeah Thursday. I thought weekly. it was a monthly. Nah. nah. Comes out weekly every Thursday. You said it was a monthly. I never said that. I don't think it was. Uh, no, it's not a monthly. I, I said it comes out every Thursday. Do you read it still? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I heard and I got another recommendation about it. I heard really? it was really good. Dude, I'm telling you. That it's a sleeper, it's a sleeper series. Well, but you don't you're not vocal about it. I well, I mean, you I don't, don't press wanna... us every week about it like you sh- like it's good. He Listen, used to. He used Listen, to be like, read Kaiju number eight. Yeah, and then you guys right. were like, you you already got your series. We were putting Boruto. <laughs> you did. <laughs> super. Like, you shut the fuck up. We did give like, you okay. series already. But uh, like, I didn't read it because I thought it was a monthly and I didn't feel like nah, getting caught it, up in it's, night. It's weekly. I, like, the best way I would describe Kaiju number eight is like, it's like World Trigger mixed with uh what's it called what's that those are some pretty heavy no not not like it's not like fantastic like world trigger but like the concept of it it's like world trigger mixed with gantz i think kind of is how i would describe it what's gantz you don't know gantz you know is that like the it's like an old it's like an old like monster hunting kind of series. Oh, so it's, it's one like, of the greatest series of all time. I like, like it's one North, of my, North it's, Starfish. it's one of my favorite. I'm the worst. It's I not, really am a bad person. It's not, <laughs> that, no, it's not that comp, it's not that popular from what I, uh, gather, but it's one of my favorite series, uh, just because it's so like gritty. Yeah. But yeah. It was edge. It is pretty edgy. Not going <laughs> to lie. It is a very edgy series. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's how I describe Kaiju number eight. Yeah, well, anyway, this is about Shoa Jodan. Uh Fun series, four chapters in. If you haven't picked it up, uh, please do. It's uh, it's very fun. It's uh, actually pretty funny. Um, kind of inspiring. And if you're, like, into comedy at all, I think it's interesting in that regard. Um, but I think that's uh, that, that should be it for this week. Uh, with that being said, I guess we should wrap this up, boys. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. A uh, bit of a... Bit of a fun week, no jump. Next week we'll have jump. Yep. Uh, but until then, uh, you could find me at the Chris Espinal on Twitter and Instagram. Josh at JD Cole underscore thirty seven. Brian at B dot ESP on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Josh at JD at NY Chillin. 
on Twitter? No. At, at, yeah. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Emails at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com or let us know what you think in the comments below, whether it's the full version of the little highlight breakouts we make for you guys every week. Uh, subscribe to us on our YouTube. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to audio podcasts, if that's more your vibe. Uh, I think that's it. Oh, follow us at New Jump City on Twitter and Instagram. I don't think I said that. We have a really good chapter of the week poll that we will be bringing back on Sunday. So follow us. Let us know. Uh, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Stay safe, New Jump citizens. Peace out, guys. Thanks for listening.